What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Against All Odds podcast. Today I have Cyprian. Cyprian, do you want to just give me your, your full name, age, where you're from, and position? Yeah, my name is uh, Cyprian Hedrick. Um, I was born in Cameroon, West Africa, but um, I grew up in Houston. Um, I'm a defender, and I'm 29. 29. All right, so we'll get into Cyp's story right after the intro, so roll intro. All right, so yeah, you said you were born in Cameroon, mm-hmm. and just let's take it from there. Take it from when you were born, and then just how you got into soccer, and how it was growing up over there, and everything. Yeah, so it was interesting. Um, obviously, I was born in Cameroon, um, and you know, I lived, I lived there, and I got to experience a lot of uh, a lot of things that um, you know the normal person probably wouldn't. Um, and uh, I think it, it's a big reason why I. I many years later, I'm kind of the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes when you come from pretty much nothing, um, and you get a little bit of something, uh, you, one, you don't become complacent, you're grateful for it, but you also, you're hungry to achieve more and to push and, and see how far you can go. So um, I think that really helped set the, the foundation for everything that led to. But um, at nine, uh, my, uh, my mom married my stepdad, um, who was American, and so for us, family tradition, you know, you, you get married, and uh, if you have two separate families, it becomes one, and then you go to where the male, where the man is from, or where he lives, and my my stepdad was from Houston, um, and that's where he lives, so that's, you know, we packed up, and, you know, it took a little while to get my paperwork done, but at, at nine years old, I moved to a, a different country, some, I had, you know, I had not, no, no idea what it would be like, um, didn't know the language, my first language was French, so I came here knowing nothing but French, um, so I had to adjust to everything, um, the culture, learning a new language, yeah. um, getting adjusted to, to being, you know, in a place where no one speaks French, mm-hmm. you know, so that was, uh, that adjustment period was, was pretty tough for me, but um, once I learned English, it was, it was pretty smooth for the most part. Um, you said you were born in Cameroon, how did your mom meet your stepdad? Yeah, so they Being from um, Houston and Yeah, Canada, well, that. yeah, okay. So my my stepdad, he uh he he's always worked offshore and like overseas and stuff like that. And so uh he would just happen to be working there and I guess they met each other and, and they dated for a while and they fell in love. Um and then um yeah, one thing led to another and then they decided, you know, we're, we're going to get married and mm-hmm. and um that's that's how everything kind of kicked off. What were your thoughts like when your mom was like, "Yeah, we're going to go move to America and move to Houston." Like were you excited to go to America or were you like just had too young to even understand really or you yeah just... I mean at, at nine I, I think I had a pretty like a un- good understanding of like what was happening yeah um, I think I was very scared because you know I'm leaving my grandma I mean I, I grew up in a in a family where aunts uncles cousins like we all live in the same house mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah. so uh, I, I mean I, I people don't know this but like growing up I shared a bed with my uh, my brother uh-huh. uh, like a twin size bed so you know for us, family is everything. And so we all lived under one roof. And so you're leaving now, you're stepping away and you're going to the unknown. Yeah. And all you have is your, you know, you're obviously your stepdad who obviously loves you um, and obviously your mom. And, um, and you're just picking up and saying, you know what, let's see what's, let's see what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was scary for me at first because I was so young and I'd never been outside of my little bubble. Um, but, you know, it was also a blessing because now that I look back, you know, there was nothing going on, you know, in that country at that time, especially. There's no real opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. If your family doesn't have money to send you past, like, I'll say probably maybe middle school, that's it. That's all education you get, you know. And so from there, 
if you don't have money, you can't further your education. And we didn't have money. <laughs> you know, nice. that, that was, that was the real re reality of our situation and, and how it was. And, um, so it was kind of a blessing yeah. that, you know, my stepdad coming into my life when he did, um, I think God would just, you know, he, he gave me the, the right blessing and the right opportunity to, to be in a position where many years later I can blink and, you know, I'm, I'm in the position I am today. Yeah. So. And uh, did you play soccer when you were growing up in Cameroon? Of course, man. Yeah. Of course. It's, it's everywhere. Uh, it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, growing up, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I saw a couple of people play basketball, but for the most part, everything mm -hmm. was soccer. You know, you, nothing was organized. I mean, we're kids, yeah. you know, you just have the street, you know, we had like a big open field. Um, we had, I remember we had a like goalposts that were in the ground. Mm -hmm. There was no nets. Um, <laughs> and we just had like the, whatever beat up ball, like whatever we could find, we yeah. played with. Um, and we just played for the most part with barefooted. Um, cause you know, I, I didn't, I was in the position where I could afford to buy soccer cleats, mm -hmm. you know? So we would just play barefooted and, um, yeah, that's, that's how it started for me. That's crazy. Yeah. How often did you play every day? Every, every day. Yeah. So like we, we had to walk, I think like two miles, three miles to school, uh -huh. um, which is <laughs> a long walk. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we would walk to school. Yeah. Um, and then after school we'd come home, you know, and you know, if I had some shorts to do, I would do it and then just go play, you know, and you just make sure you're back before the sun's down, you know, <laughs> um, that there is no keeping close eye. Let your, yeah. let your kids run around and let them go explore and, and so as long as we're not getting in trouble you know we, we had pretty free reign to go play mm. and so that's what we do we just go at the field and there was no question where we'd be because we went to the same place yeah. every day yeah, you yeah. go you go do your homework you do your chores maybe grab a little snack if you have it and then you just go play you play till you know the sun starts coming down and you come home you shower up and eat dinner and you wake up you do all over again yeah. <laughs> there's not much else going on yeah you know? And so, like you said, it was no formal teams at all, right? No, no. No coaching, no training sessions, no drills. Nothing. Like, it was just, we're going to play. If you have five guys, you play two on two plus one. Yeah. Yeah. And usually there were, there were quite a, you know, a, a good amount of kids. Mm -hmm. And usually, you know, the range, age range could be like 10 to like 15. Obviously, we like, we don't, we're not playing with like adults and yeah. grown men, but like, you know, young kids, like teenagers, you know, it doesn't matter. You can play with a guy who's yeah. 13, 14, you're nine. Uh, whatever you know you just gotta you gotta figure it out but mm -hmm. um you know we just played and we enjoyed the game that's that's cool um what about what was the the highest level of, of soccer that you would see over there like were there games on the weekends like men's league games or anything that you could yeah watch or anything? there were a couple of uh professional games um and when it happened like everybody just flocked yeah. <laughs> you know there, there was like no stands so you just yeah people just standing or whatever they to where they could see the field yeah and, and we're all just in awe watching these guys, you know, for us, you know, kids, we're like, man, this is it. Like, and do you want to be a pro? Yeah. yeah. And from that moment, like, man, this would be amazing to be able to do this one day, you know. Uh -huh. So from a very early age, I just kind of always had the desire to, if, you know, I could, try to push and be a pro one day. Mm. So from there, things just kind of, I just kept playing and one thing led to another. And, yeah. you know, many years later, it's... No, it's, not. it's come true. It come true. It yeah. came true. Yeah. Um, so let's go to America now. So you moved over. Mm -hmm. You're learning English, which yeah. was probably pretty hard. Pretty hard. What, did you know any English at all? Like, did you know like the any only words? English where I knew was dad, dad. Because my my stepdad obviously. So I I wanted to try to interact with him because I'm speaking French. Yeah. He's speaking English. So he doesn't speak French. No. Oh, he didn't wow. know French. He's American. Um. He, he's actually he's uh I think I think he might be German. Of this German descent, but he's yeah. you know he's a he's a white male, and yeah. um, obviously moving to Texas, you know it's 
it's interesting. Um, you see a, 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 a white guy with a, an African um, lady with an African son, mm-hmm. and um, he's saying, this is my family. Some people would kind of look at that and be like, yeah, I don't know how you know. I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe yeah. they wouldn't say anything because, you know, at the time my stepdad was a good-looking guy, strong. You're not you're not gonna come up to him and try to disrespect him or his yeah. family because you'll probably you know smack you around a bit. But um, but just from afar, you could kind of get that energy like something was off. Like some people like, were like mm. most people were like, oh, awesome, welcome, yeah. blah blah blah. But there's some you know you get some looks when you go to restaurants and yeah. and little whispers and you know that's just part of what I have to deal with growing up. Um, especially being in Texas, but you know, for the most part, it was everybody that was around me was very welcoming mm-hmm. um, and trying to help me. <laughs> when you don't know anything, you yeah. don't know the language, um, and you're trying to learn. Um, it, it took a lot of people to be in my corner to help me get to where I can finally speak the language. And so, did you just go start going to school and like? Yeah. So <laughs> funny thing. So because I'm trying to wrap my if I couldn't because I've been to like classes or I've been even with a team in Germany where like. I have to sit there while everything's in German. Yeah. And you just sit there and just kind of like, you know, looking around. Was that how it yeah, was? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's pretty much how it was. Um, not, I think, all the way until, I think, elementary school where you have ESL. Yeah. Where, like, you know, I, I know you're probably pretty familiar with ESL, but kids whose first language isn't English, you know, we all, like, are in one classroom. And then we, like, learn how to speak English. And we learn little things that help us. Mm-hmm. Um sort of kind of catch up to everybody else yeah. um, as far as English, learning, writing, you know, reading, talking. Um, and so before that, though, I moved here and uh, I went, you know, straight to elementary school, you know, because elementary then, yeah, I went to PH Green, elementary school. And uh, I just, I would listen. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, I still, I was still expected to do the work. And yeah. um, so maybe I'm, I should, maybe I've been, should have been held back a year, but you know, with my, my school transcripts and stuff when I came, I mean, math and stuff, I was fine. Yeah. Uh, but it's just when it came to English, yeah. that part was hard, you know. <laughs> Makes <and> sense. <laughs> that part was pretty difficult, but um, that was really the only challenging thing. Math, science, all that stuff is, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's not just American thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's every country, everywhere, there's some form of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, coming here, that part was okay, but... Um, I probably should have been held back a year mm-hmm. just so I had more time to learn English, but I wasn't, which I'm grateful for. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. grateful for it. But um, it was just a little bit harder for me yeah, to have to figure sure, things out. Sure. Um, were you, how was the transition in Texas when you, I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know, but did your classmates all play soccer at recess or was it like No. Football? So for the first time in my life, I'm seeing like football, like American yeah. football and I'm seeing, you know, tennis and I'm seeing all these things were like, oh, that's kind of cool, yeah. you know, but it's just, you know, I, to fit in, I wanted to try to do those things, yeah. you know, I could start learning how to, you know, I could talk to people and it gives me a little practice to practice up my English and so I think sports was a big, a big factor in helping me learn the language mm-hmm. because obviously you understand like being in a team and team camaraderie and you look after each other and, and you know, you go to, you go to lunch, you have mm-hmm. to sit in the cafeteria by yourself, you know, you have a couple of teammates like, oh, come over, sit, yeah. come sit down, let's yeah. eat, you know, sit down, let's eat together. Um, and so that was big for me and that was big for my development um, and learning the language. Uh, but once I got like introduced to football and all that stuff, I'm like, man, these guys are like tackling each other. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. used to seeing that kind of stuff. So, you know, I see people like, you know, slide tackling and like hard tackles. Like I'm used to that. Yeah. That's, that's my kind of football, but you can like, you know, pick people up and slam them <laughs> and like clothesline. I like all that stuff was, uh, 
very strange to me, but um, I was very interested because um, I've always been a very active kid. So yeah. I want to try everything. You know, I want to try basketball. Yeah. Yeah, I want to try basketball. Yeah. I want to try football. And I was actually okay. You know, like I, I wasn't like the best, yeah. uh, but I certainly wasn't the worst. So I could kind of do so a little athletic, yeah, yeah. and I could kind of get by, and I can kind of learn and do a little bit of everything. So uh, growing up, I tried to play a little bit of everything. I tried some football. Didn't last very long. <laughs> I, one year, I tried basketball in like high school for a year, and then it's just. But the common thing was soccer. Yeah, I mean that's that's. No matter what I did, I always have to make time for soccer because my mom was like, "This is what you're good at." Yeah, you so she was, she was pushing you to very very much so. Um, there was actually a funny story in high school. My freshman year, I made well, I didn't make a deal with her, but. She thinks we made a deal, but in my head it was something completely different. <laughs> but um, she told me, my mom told me, you can try for basketball because my friends were playing basketball. And uh, I think in Texas, at least, I think it's like it's a winter sport. Like soccer is a winter sport. Mm -hmm. and, and basketball kind of is as well. And so uh, she told me, okay, you can try for basketball and make the team great. But when soccer tryouts come, you have to try for soccer and you have to play. Mm -hmm. Well... I played basketball and then soccer tries came and I didn't try out. And so my luck, the one time she finally, cause she didn't, I mean, she was always busy working and my stepdad was always gone, yeah. you know, working and he was always, he was never really around too much. Um, so she was the one that was always around and would come to games and um, she just, I, she, I don't think she cared much for basketball, uh, but she was also busy working trying to help provide. And so uh, she finally, they both were actually here and they finally came to a game and I got benched. I don't know why, but I just, I didn't play a single minute that game. Uh, and um, I remember my stepdad was having to hold her back from going to tell the coach <laughs> on that spot that I quit and I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 but again, that's, I think that's kind of where I get my fiery personality, my passion yeah. to compete because yeah. that I get it from her. You know, she's, she doesn't care that I'm like the best or the worst, but she wants to watch me play and she wants to watch me do my thing. And the one time she finally came, Nowhere to be found. I was no one not involved. You know, I was just a cheerleader on the sideline, and she's like, "Nope, <laughs> she didn't doesn't work for me. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't work for me, especially because I could be playing soccer, yeah, something yeah. that I do love to do and that I am okay at." Mm -hmm. It just to her didn't make any sense, and so uh, that moment she was like, "You're quitting." So like, I think like the next week I quit, and wow. I was done. That was it, and that was my whole basketball career, <laughs> and I loved it. I enjoyed the game. I mean, I still watch it religiously all the time college high school everything i love the sport and um she just was like yeah we're done with it so soccer is what you're gonna stick to so yes ma'am <laughs> <Yes, ma 'am. laughs> you're right yes ma'am uh -huh. you, you let me have my fun and i tried and yeah okay now it's time to be serious about one sport and, and concentrate on that yeah so, now you said that was in high school that was in high school yeah. and so i mean i played football one year in middle school and after that it's like it's, it's fine. It was fun. And, you know, I made a lot of friends. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, high school, like, middle school. And a lot of them, we went to the same high school. So, like, I'm growing with these people, you know. And so, they're, they're learning about me. They're understanding me. And I'm learning the language. And so, you know, that was big for me. That was very, very yeah. big for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we ended up going to the same high school. And some of the people that I ended up playing basketball with, I played football with in middle school. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, that was kind of cool. Um, for me, it was kind of a finding a way to fit in yeah. type of thing. You know, I don't really fit in with anybody because I'm a, some foreign kid, but I'm trying to find a way to get ingrained to something to where I'm not just some outsider looking in. You know, I want to yeah. try to get in there. And if I don't know, I want to try to learn and I want to try to adapt, you know, and, um, and that way I don't feel like uncomfortable, yeah. you know, 
like like what you said, like sports is is huge for that. Like as yeah. soon as you become a teammate, you're, it's instant openness. Of right. Like, yeah, we'll help you out. We'll sit together at lunch. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. Um, were you so were you playing soccer on a team like a club team then from like yeah, middle so, school and high school? Yeah. So when I moved here, um, then I was introduced to like organized sports. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I remember my first team was uh, I remember we were called the Friends with Blaze. <laughs> Friends with Blaze and uh, man, that's the first time like my first organized um, soccer team. Yeah, it was awesome. I remember, I remember my coach, um, Coach Ernie, um, and even my best friend Nick, Nick Murray. I mean, we're on the same team, yeah. and he was the best man of my wedding. Really, We've known each other forever, man. Wow. But I mean, my first organized team, um, and so from there, I was introduced to that, and you know, I just from there, things just kind of whirled on. How was it? Tr- how was it going from no coaches, no rules, no drills? To now being like the exact opposite, coaches, drills, all that stuff. Like, it, did did you pr- adapt well to it? Yeah, I adapted pretty well to it because uh, my mom had a pretty sh- strong grip on me. I was always the kid that would like she says, "Hey, don't eat these cookies," and she put it there, and I would, <laughs> you know, like yeah. most of us are probably, were probably like that. But I was that kid. Like, how much can I do and get away with? Uh-huh. And so, from an early age and a young age, she ingrained those things in me. Like, you know, you're supposed to do this, get it done. Like authority, discipline. yeah, authority, discipline. Because yeah. my my stepdad was always gone, so he wasn't really that you know that person in my life. And so uh, she had to be mom and dad a lot. And um, from a very young age, I tried, mm-hmm. I pushed quite a few times. I got in trouble, but again, I learned. Yeah, you know, hey, you're not supposed to do this. Do it. See what happens. You get hit in the face with a frying pan or something. <laughs> I'm serious, but that's just how many of those does it take to learn? Yeah, exactly. Not very many. So uh, I pushed that envelope quite a bit, but you know, when it came to like structure and authority, mm-hmm. I knew from a very young age, like you shouldn't be doing this, dude. So like, if coach is saying, "Hey, let's do this," okay, just do your best. And so uh, that the big part of that threw my mom because she had a pretty good hold on me yeah. when it came to stuff like that. And if I wasn't and she's there, we get home, she might have a word with me. Maybe a slap too. You know? yeah. <laughs> a slap or two, maybe a, a you know, I guess spank a little bit. Yeah. But um So it wasn't that bad because your mom was like your coach of life. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so she wouldn't, you know, even in school, get uh-huh. your school work done. Yeah. You, you know, you're not passing, you're not playing, type of thing. And so uh I'm grateful for that because there's a lot of kids out there that don't you yeah. know the parents are like, oh as long as you're happy it's good. Yeah, but there's more to that, you know. And so uh, she had to stay after me because I was kind of running wild and doing whatever. And, I mean, I'm open to all this new stuff. And so I'm trying to adapt, but I'm also, like, trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a young man. You're starting to grow up. You know, pretty soon you hit, you know, purity and all that stuff. And you start getting crazy. And so uh, she had a really good um, hold on me. Yeah. Um, and so she laid the foundation very young age. And so growing up. I still pushed and I still did some stuff, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, and I'm guessing that it was different too. Like you didn't go after school to go play to the park and play with soccer with all your friends. I didn't have time. Yeah, because you, you know so much. I had so much going on. So you know, once I started getting organized sports, you know, after school you come home, you do your homework, change, go to practice, yeah. and by the time you come home from practice, you know, it's it's time to eat and. And on weekends we have games, and yeah. so uh, if if we're not playing, then yeah, we're I'm we're on the street playing soccer. We play street hockey, you know, without the skates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you run around, and then you you know you hit the puck like a plastic puck. You mm-hmm. put newspapers. We wouldn't even do that with soccer balls. I mean, we play tackle football. So I was 
always doing something. Always, always all over the place, always doing something. Um, mm-hmm. Very active, breaking boards, practicing, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> breaking, breaking all of my neighbor's boards, getting in trouble. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, man, that was, that was me growing up. I was very, very outside and very active. Yeah. And um, doing things all the time. Now, since you have like such a unique perspective of literally growing up with no organized sports at all, and then coming over here where it's so organized, yeah. do you think do you think either one's better? Like, do you think it's just like yeah, at some point kids just need to go outside, play soccer to develop, playing games is the best way, yeah. or it's like no, they should have some structure, drills, coaches, stuff like that. I think it's it's a, mi- a mixture of both. I think it depends how you do it. Like mm-hmm. for me, um, I would prefer at least my kids, speaking from being a parent, I would rather my kids be outside playing, mm-hmm. doing something, than being inside, you know, playing with iPads. and You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. For me, I feel like you need to be outside. You need to run around, you know. And, and then, obviously, like, you know, if you get, like, an hour to, like, watch, you know, My Little Pony, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you get to enjoy that. But it shouldn't be, like, you sit inside all day and you become a sponge and you, you learn. It's great because you need to, nowadays, you need to learn how to work iPads and all mm-hmm. these things. And it's good. But um, for me, I think that being related to soccer, I think some of the best players from a very young age are introduced to the game. Yeah. You know, my daughter, my, my oldest daughter, since she started walking, she had a ball. Yeah. Now, I wasn't like super pushy, like you have to do it, but it was always there. Yeah. And I was obviously, I play, and so she would see me and she would want to play with me sometimes. Sometimes I'd ask her to play with me and we do stuff. And now I blink, she's five, and she could do some stuff. You know, yeah. it's not like perfect, but she like, knows how to kick a ball she's just not toe balling we're not doing toe balls you know what i'm saying yeah. and and so but that started because from a very young age she's introduced to it and it's in her face mm. now you know i think some of the players growing up you know there's a lot of hispanic players i knew in houston they nothing really organized but they learn like street like how little cute things that yeah. you play like in the streets that you're playing that like maybe you don't learn from an organized structure yeah that yeah. little extra something you know yeah. that's when you see your tens who are just a little clever here a little di- because you develop those things by just from a young age i'm just being outside doing stuff yeah you know and trying it with, and trying with that it. with no repercussions right you yeah. mess up okay yeah. no problem but then once you get that once you can get that little bit and then you put that and apply it to a structured you're gonna excel. I think then you that's when you stand out from people because you have a little bit of that street smart yeah. and then the little extra and then you have the organizing discipline. Where you, you, you get yelled at, you're not throwing you, a Yeah, you're not throwing a tantrum, you can take, you know, a little criticism. And yeah. um, but if you can get that together at a young age too, yeah. Your 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 platform is your ceiling is, is crazy. You can you can be any kind of player you wanna be. But for me, I think it's a fine balance. You gotta find that balance between Okay, go do whatever you want, have fun. Yeah. And okay, we need to let's stick to this a bit and this and this. Um, I think somewhere in the middle is probably the right for yeah. me. In my opinion, would be the right balance. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Because I, it's funny because I'm the complete person like suburbs of America, mm. only play soccer, organized sports. You know? Yeah. All my free time I was playing basketball. Like I was all about <laughs> basketball. I, I feel like most of us like that. Yeah. I don't know what it is about basketball, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, and so, like, I literally be out on my street just doing, like, stupid freestyle, like, stuff, like, what and I should have been doing, or I wish I would have been doing for soccer. Yeah. I'm doing the and one mixtape, right. you know. Uh, like, yeah, exactly, all that stuff. And I was, way. like, ball handling was sick. Yeah. And I, I was so good at that. Soccer, I, was only, I only played soccer up until, like, 11 okay. on my team, uh-huh. you know. And so then it's, like, now I, I don't have the old creative little crafty stuff. Little things, yeah. yeah. And, like, even that, the stuff that, like, I do have a little bit, it's all from 
now from like 11 and up to right and i don't know but then you at the exact same time where you see some players that are sick and that they have every crafty crazy trick in the book because mm-hmm. they've been playing so much street soccer but then they don't know where to stand when the right winger thrusts right. in they don't yeah. know what to do or where to go or they have no discipline they don't understand yeah. when to use that mm-hmm. that yeah, little exactly. extra thing that you have when is the right place to use it yeah. where do you use and it you're not trying to do rainbows every right time. exactly yeah. and and maybe you're a knucklehead and you're used to just doing whatever you want and now someone's trying to tell you hey man you can't do that here in this bar maybe up here depending but here you can't yeah. and, and mentally you get rattled because you're so used to being the man or doing whatever you want and someone's trying to be an authority and saying hey not here yeah and um some players like that crumble you know and, yeah. and mentally they just can't they, I mean, I've, I grew up with very talented players, like very, very, that you would never hear about. Yeah. And there's so many players like that in this country, all over the world. But I think outside of the, uh, outside of America, they do a better job of like finding those kids, the little, you know, diamond in the rough and then molding them. Yeah. Here, I think it's a little harder because organized soccer and, you know, pay to play, mm-hmm. it's harder because there's a lot of those kids that diamond in the rough that. If you don't just go look random places, you won't find. Yeah, they You'll fall never through see the cracks. It. They fall easy, through the cracks. Yeah. There's a lot of plays like that, that I had growing up, mm-hmm. you know. And and it's not just that. Some of them just lack discipline. I was never the most talented mm-hmm. by any means, but I could work for sure. And I wanted to learn, and I wanted to get better. Yeah. And I could compete. Yeah. Everything else, you could in time, technical, tactical, that that'll come along. Mm-hmm. But that also has to do with this. If you're willing. You can achieve, you can do it, but you know if something happens and you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to do it anymore, then mentally you're not strong enough. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to is your mentality. Mm-hmm. That was actually just one of my next question is how were you like as a player in comparison to your peers like at middle school, high school? Were you the, always the best one in your team? Were you always the most skilled? Were you always like a leader? Like what? How did you fit in with your team? Actually, no, I wasn't. Um, not even at all. I, I mean, I could think of quite a few people that were like much better than me. Mm-hmm. My best friend Nick. I, I always make fun because he used to wear glasses and the little skinny kid with glasses with a big head running yeah. around. But he was always like, you know, pretty good, yeah. a lot better than me. And we but we both play center mid, so we play in the middle together. Mm-hmm. And I remember I actually used to uh, toe ball quite a bit. Really? Quite a bit when I when I first moved here. Because again, I, I'm not being taught how to yeah. like. I'm just doing whatever, you know, and so like I would toe ball a little bit and then I think about like 10 or 11, I started like figuring it out Mm -hmm. and I started realizing like I can kick the ball a lot harder and further if I use this part of my foot instead Mm -hmm. of my toe. And so like I'm starting to figure these things out and then once I put that together, I'm just kicking balls everywhere. (laughs) I'm I'm shooting balls and kicking stuff everywhere and then... uh, and then I started playing like up top. And so like I really had to focus on how I strike the ball because you're getting opportunities. You don't want to be toe balling, you know, everywhere, everywhere, you know, yeah. then I started learning about finesse, curling and um, hitting knuckleballs. And so I would, I would watch like Ronaldo and all these guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I never thought I would be them, but like, I would see how they do it. And then I would just go out in the backyard and just try practice yeah. it. You know, yeah. I would see how he hits the ball. Look at his stance. He takes a couple of steps. He comes from the side. Let me try that. Yeah. I would get a ball and I'll go outside hour, two hours, boom, 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 the fence, left foot, right foot. And it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like the most fun sometimes because I'm like, what am I doing, man? <laughs> you try so hard, you know, like dribbles. Yeah. Over. And it's, you know, but I just stayed after it. Yeah. Just boom, day in, day out, day in, day out. And then I got to the point where like, you score a goal. You're like, this is what I worked on. Like, I worked on this. Yeah. Look, and I got it to move how I wanted to like, and so I, that little bit would like, give me a little motivation. Yeah. Like, you're doing the right thing. 
keep going. And so uh, for me, that was that was really big. That was really really big. Yeah, that's that's. I remember doing the same exact thing on YouTube, like seeing even Ronald. I remember I always watched Ronaldinho, and I was like obsessed with like the around the world. Yeah. I could never. It took me like a year. Yeah, it to took get me it. a long time, and I would be watching it like slow mo, like pausing it, yeah. seeing where his foot was, go run out of the garage, like try because I was in Portland, so it was raining all the time. Yeah. I was in my garage <laughs> trying to do it, wouldn't work. Go back in and be so frustrated. Yeah, and then that one time you get close, you're like, get so right. motivated again. Yeah, like, oh, I got, I almost got it. I yeah. got just a little bit more, something different, and then I'll get it. Uh -huh. But that's that's how it was with everything. Yeah. I think it's cool too about how like even with like the toe poke like because it's like with street soccer it's like it doesn't matter about technique it's no. if it works if the, it works the toe yeah. ball will work it will get it there but yeah. it's not perfect it's, it's not, not going to be better in the long term yeah yeah so it's like it's cool and it's kind of almost it's like sometimes like when you're in the box or something and you, you know you're that's all score, you have yeah go for <laughs> I've, it. I've yeah. scored goals like that yeah. I mean it especially growing up like sometimes the goalie the goalie doesn't expect you yeah. to just, you know he thinks you're gonna open up get a nice little wind up and he can reach your hips and then dive. Mm -hmm. But if you're just running full speed and he's like this, you just toe him, yeah. <laughs> you kick it right like right where he can't reach it. I mean what can he do? Yeah. You know, he's trying to read you. You show him nothing, you go in full speed and you just get last minute give him a little toe poke or a little scoop. Goalies, you know, it's it looks yeah. they look so silly, but they're <laughs> like they're standing, they're, they're standing there and they're trying to read it and and they just don't have enough time. So sometimes like I said with the street smarts, that, yeah. that little bit, yeah. if you can toe ball in the box the right time, I've seen people score amazing goals like that. Yeah, you know too, I mean? yeah. It works. It's, yeah. And that's why I like it. It's like the mix of like having that no rules, no repercussions, just do what works. Yeah. And like also of like, okay, no, let's have some discipline. Let's figure it out. The balance of the two is, yeah. like, is really, I think it's crucial. Yeah. Um, that's, that's sick. And then, so you were saying you're playing center mid, you're playing center forward. Yeah. Did you ever play center back defense at all? Man, so growing up, I... I think for the most part, I played center mid, and oh. then like when I finally got to high, like high school, so all the way up until high school, I played center mid. I just played center mid. I love distributing the ball. Um, I like getting forward sometimes. Mm -hmm. I always had a lot of energy. You know, I could I could run around a lot, no problem. And I like to get physical with people, and um, and I just it was a perfect position for me because I'm competitive. Mm -hmm. There's no better position if you want to battle for 90 minutes yeah. then center mid because you're going to be in the middle of everything no matter what yeah. no matter what whether yeah. you're attacking or defending and so i love that mm -hmm. um and so getting all the way to high school then i finally you know again i learned my technique and, and stuff like that and i started you know figuring out how i want to strike the ball and man i started scoring some goals and you know i scored quite a few actually in high school and so uh only i think i played two years because mm -hmm. my first year or two and a half because I started off in JV, actually, mm -hmm. um, and then I made my way up to varsity. And once I got there, I was scoring scoring some goals, and you know it was it was pretty cool. But it wasn't until like junior college that I started trying right backs and yeah. center back. But that's you know there were other things that led to that. Yeah, that made me kind of force me in that direction. Mm -hmm. And uh, in high school, like you said, you were JV your freshman year. Mm -hmm. In sophomore year, sophomore year, sophomore because freshman year I didn't play. I played basketball. That's right. Because yeah. of the same season. Mm -hmm. um, so sophomore year, you play. That's crazy. So no so club soccer that year? I played, of course. Okay. I still play club soccer. But oh. like as far as like school, there was no school school soccer for me. It was just basketball. I did the same. It's funny. I did the same thing. But for in Portland and Oregon, mm -hmm. it was soccer was in the fall. Basketball okay. was in the winter. Oh, okay. So I did basketball. But that meant I couldn't do full-time club soccer. Yeah. So I just like trained with a club team yeah. a year older. And it was just like, yeah, I'll come to the training. Yeah, that would have never worked for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm lucky. She, that would have, that would have never, that would have never happened. Uh -huh. She would have never let that happen. So, I got, I got lucky. Yeah. I got to experience basketball one year, and then 
from their sophomore year, she's like, okay, tryouts are coming. You ready? <laughs> we're, we're not doing anything else. This is soccer. Yeah. You know? And um, it was good. I mean, it worked out for you. It worked out all right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, and then, so how was sophomore, sophomore year JV? How was the, at that time, were you thinking like, yeah, I'm going to go college. I'm still going to go pro. Is that your main goal <laughs> in life? Like, where was your head at? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I, I, I love playing. Mm -hmm. So there was no doubt in my mind from when I was a little kid. So now I want to be a pro one day. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know what it's going to take. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But you know, I know that that's what I want to do. Be one day. If it's possible, I want to try to do that. And so in high school, you know, my grades weren't so good because uh, I wasn't as focused on school, mm -hmm. if you know what I'm saying. Because you get to high school, there's a lot of other things going on. Yeah. You start getting social, you hang out, you have friends, you're yeah. doing all these things, and then you're playing sports, and so, you you know, you want to be the cool guy. And then, you know, if your school is not on point, you know, I, it took me a while to finally, like, realize, dude, after high school, there's other things that follow. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my sophomore year, you know, I would always do just what I need to do to play. Mm -hmm. You know, I would pass. I, I'm not failing classes per se, but I'm also not like getting A's yeah. or pushing myself to make A's and B's, which I could have. And my mom tried to push me to do, but yeah. you know, with her working all the time, there's only so much you could do because you know sometimes I need to be at home and you know, and I need to take care of stuff myself. But um, yeah, it was it was it was good. It was good. I think after about my sophomore year, or my junior year, I started realizing like. Oh, college is gonna like come around yeah so like back then there was no like dynamo academy yeah none of that was <laughs> like odp was like a long shot because in my mind like uh i've played with a team and the team that i played with i love that team mm -hmm. so i didn't want to like go try for odp and i felt like all that was all political mm -hmm. they're gonna it's, pick they're yeah, gonna pick yeah. people who like they're kind of already familiar with mm -hmm. so why am i gonna waste my time and maybe my money to go there I'll just keep playing with the people I'm playing with. I love them. We're family. Yeah. There's no need for me. I'm going to develop. You know, the coaching is good. I'm playing. I'm having fun. For me, that was all that mattered at the moment. And so uh, not until about junior year, I'm like, oh, I should probably pick up my grades. Because yeah. I do want to go to college. I want to, you know, for me, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to go pro right out of high school, obviously. Mm -hmm. So what's the next thing? D1 soccer. In my mind, I'd seen plenty of games. I'm like, oh, it'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Play D1 soccer. Like, I think... You know, I think I'm good enough. I believe in myself that much, but I need to push and see if I can get there. And so I had to take a different route because my grades were not good. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did my SATs and ACTs, and they were okay, but not good enough for what I needed. I, yeah. needed, I needed a scholarship yeah. um, because financially it, it just wasn't something, you know, we could, we could afford. Um, and at that time, there were some, some things in my life that changed a bit. Um, because my mom passed away mm -hmm. um, in high school when I was a junior. In my junior year, I think summer of my junior year, she passed away from cancer. And so uh, my stepdad had to come back from being overseas. He had to come back and kind of make sure, like, because if he's gone, I'm like 15, yeah. 16. Someone's got to, like, there's got to be an adult to help to raise me, help mm -hmm. take care of me. And so he was around and he got, you know, work around. And so he could be around until I was at least 18 and, and college and stuff like that. And so he was around a bit more. Um, and so that, that, that moment was, uh, it changed my life a lot, um, mm -hmm. in the sense of soccer and my mindset and, and just being a young kid who just lost his mom. Yeah. You know, you think your parents going to live forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't think you have to bury your mom at 37, no, her being 37. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a very young age. And so, uh, that kind of shook me and, um, it was a very important part. I mean, junior year, you have junior year and then senior year and then. Mm -hmm. 
if you're going to college, like that's that's all you have. And so when that happened, it couldn't have been like at a worse time. You know, yeah. I started, you know, my mind was going a bunch of different places. Am I going to stay, stay the path? Do I go down this road? Yeah. I was, easy it's very easy. Road, yeah. yeah. And so I, there were a lot of things that were happening and I easily could have went down the wrong path and started, you know, getting involved with drugs and whatever. But um, I always had amazing people around me, mm-hmm. um, especially my mom passed away, um, that helped me, pushed me along, you know, kept me motivated. And I was always, you know, motivated because now that she's physically not here to see it, I know she's looking down on me and she wouldn't be proud of me if yeah. I'm not doing my best or if I'm not caring for it because that's what she went when she was there. So that was always something that I had in my back of my mind when it came to like school. Then I started picking up my grades and, you know, soccer started getting better. Um, and I just, it was, it was always a sense of she's my guardian angel. I need to do it for her too. Mm-hmm. It's not just for me now. It's for somebody else as well, because as much as it was my dream, I always had a coach at home yeah. with my mom and she was always you can do it. You can do it. Just put your mind to it and work hard and you can do it. And so um, junior year, you know, I, I, I really took my soccer seriously, club and high school. And then senior year, same thing. And so those were my two best years, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was able to have the most success then and um, playing striker and then playing my club team playing center mid. I mean, you're going from playing striker in high school, center mid with club team. And so I was getting like a little bit of both worlds Mm -hmm. and um yeah it took me a little while to finally get to the point where i was like okay let me get my grades together so i can have a shot at going d1 because if you know you have to have like really high grades and then your acts have to be good Mm -hmm. and none of those were like where where it needed to be yeah and so um i had to go a different route i had to go to junior college route and that was hard (laughs) that was hard it was very humbling um, you know, you go f- from high school and I, my junior college was San Jacinto Junior College, uh, mm-hmm. San Jack. And they were like down the street, like it's probably five, ten minutes away from my high school. And so like I knew they always had a strong program and it's a place you can go get your basics out of the way. And um, the soccer team was always, you know, one of the better ones in the nation. And so I knew like, man, I could, you know, if I can get in there, it would be awesome. Because I didn't want to settle for going to a D2 or D3 school, which there's nothing wrong with. But um I knew in my mind I want to be I want to play D1 because mm-hmm. at that time I felt like that was the highest level of competition in the country and that's where I wanted to be and so uh, instead of just maybe going to like a D3 school and doing something else I decided you know what why not go to D you know go to a junior college down the road you're still at home mm-hmm. um, and you get your basics out of the way and then um, from there you know if you can do well you guys have success you play well your grades are good you have a clean slate you can start over you can apply yourself yeah make A's and B's, get a good, good GPA, you can transfer somewhere. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I did. Um, I, was, I was fortunate enough. But um, going into, because I told you I was a striker, mm-hmm. so I'm leaving high school, I have all the confidence in the world. I'm scoring all these goals. And uh, this was like a turning point in my career, my young career. Um, I go there and my coach, <laughs> and this was very humbling. It, it was terrible at the time, but he sat down with me after tryouts and he said, look, you know, I think you're, you know, I think you're a good player and I like, I like you as a person. Um, but right now, like, this is all I can do. I can restrict you. And then, you know, in the off season, um, you know, we'll, we'll have scrimmages and stuff and you can play in there. But like for the, the season, you can't play any games. You don't travel, mm-hmm. but you're going to be treated like a rookie. Like you're going to train, like you're part of the team, but you're redshirted. Yeah. And so for me, you're going from like high school where you're scoring a bunch of goals and you're thinking, I'm the man, 
to going somewhere and them saying, hey, there's, you know, a sophomore ahead of you, a freshman already here. Yeah. Like, the dude's on the Jamaican national team. Like, you're not good enough to play over them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to take that blow, it's like, okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and and yeah. it's like, but, but what I can do is redshirt you to where you don't lose your eligibility and you can work your way in and you can earn your keep, mm-hmm. so to speak. And we'll see where else you can help the team because there's two people who are going to be at the same time you're going to be here. For the year, the two years, so they're already over you. So let's see where else you can fit and where else you can help the team. Yeah, and that's when I started being introduced to a little bit of right back, yeah, some center back because I was always athletic and you know I'm I'm a hard nosed defender. I could always defend. Mm-hmm. My thing is I would defend really well and I would distribute the ball. I was never the guy that would get on the ball do step overs and fancy outside the foot pass no i get the ball i distribute and i play the ball to my creative guys mm-hmm. and i give them the confidence to go forward and be creative and then just let them know i'm behind them yeah you, know, you mess up i'm gonna be able to clean up the mess for you and keep doing your thing we need to score yeah. you know and, and that's so, so much of defending is like work hard you know do the right things mm-hmm. stay focused and then do the, do the nitty-gritty yeah and like just the, give the ball away pretty much all the dirty yeah. work you yeah. know and uh and and i didn't mind it and so you know i said you know okay like you know, thank you. I will take the the red shirt year because at that point, again, I wasn't ready to back down from that mm-hmm. because I felt like, let me get in with these guys. Let me see how they train. And they were really good. Yeah. The quality of the soccer was good. I mean, yeah. there were times where, like, my touches were off. And this is where, like, I first started having a coach that was like, dude, if your touch is off, go to the wall. And I'm not kidding you. Like, we would do possession. Yeah. And, like, if you keep, like, turn the ball over and he would stop and he would say, hey, get your ball. Go to the wall. 20 minutes. I'm serious. While the you, team's training. While the team's training. And there were times I would get my ball, and I'm at the wall working on my touch. Touch, yeah. relax, uh, um, trap, pass, trap, left foot, right foot, driven, like, and say, okay, come back over. I'm serious. And that was the first time in my life. I'm like, okay, your first touch is very important. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just. Because you can get away with that at the you, high school level. Because, you you know, maybe. And I was, I was, I, I looked the same. Yeah. You know, I was, I was pretty strong. I worked out a bunch. Me and my friend Nick, we always in the gym we're strong we're fast mm-hmm. um super athletic and uh, i got away with some stuff that maybe if i wasn't as athletic i wouldn't be able to you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah and so 100%. i was relied on that but now i get to my junior college and say hey you're not good enough one two your touch is not good enough so mm-hmm. take your rest your year you spend a lot of time at that wall like they built a wall like it was it was a softball fence like mm-hmm. the softball team was on this side and then we had like a little shed where we had our balls and stuff like that, and then the field was on the other side. So they built like a like a brick, not a brick. It was a, like a wood, like a they made like a wood thing um, to where like they had numbers. Oh yeah. And so yeah, like yeah. if you want to work on like trying to play stuff, you can mm-hmm. work on maybe curling the ball. If you just want to hit the ball against the, the wall for it to come back, they had that. And so sometimes for practice, I'd get the ball and I'd go because I knew these guys their first touch. On point. On yeah. point. And they're doing all these things they want to do. My first touch at times is yeah. good. Sometimes it's not. It's not consistent enough. So let me take my ball. Let me go to this wall as much as I can. And um, sometimes, like I say, we'd be doing stuff and it's just not up to par. Mm-hmm. Go to the wall during training. That's crazy. Not after. During yeah. training, go. You know? And so uh, for me, I'm being exposed to that. I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Like, you need to be on your game. You know? And so for me, I needed that. That retro year it was a blessing in disguise because yeah. imagine if that's one of my years, one of my four years of eligibility, and I'm burning it, and I can't I have a donkey touch. I can't mm-hmm. take a good first touch to save my life. That's a year wasted. Mm-hmm. So I had a year like that where it didn't affect me at all. Yeah. 
and I'm learning and I'm getting better. And so by the second, so after that year went by, then my freshman year, second year uh, in school, but freshman year eligibility, eligibility I was uh, I was fortunate enough to be one of the team captains or two, mm-hmm. and I was one of them. And um, the other guy was a returning player. Um, and so to go from being the guy who he said, you're not good enough mm-hmm. at that position with what we have here, you're not going to play, to him saying, your touch is off, work on it, mm-hmm. to earn, earning the trust of him and then all your other teammates yeah. to becoming one of the captains the next following season. Yeah, that's a quick turnaround. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah. And that there's a lot of work but there's also a lot of quality and time and heartache and everything else that went into that to where I finally got to the point where they're like, okay, we trust Sip. He's our guy. Because it's probably you know? embarrassing. I mean, yeah. your whole team's playing possession and you're like, go over there, hit the wall. Like, that's embarrassing. That's like, embarrassing. Yeah. But when you're doing possession and you're the one messing up over yeah. and over and yeah. over, you want to crawl in the hole. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like, nah, you got to work on it. You yeah. can't hide from it. And so uh, to have gone through that and then to next year being one of the captains and actually end up playing center mid. Oh, yeah? So, funny thing. I didn't have a scholarship there. Uh-huh. So, my first year, I had to pay my way through. But I was I graduated high school when I was 17. So, I was young, turning 18 my freshman year. Wow. So, I should have been held back yeah. because then it wouldn't. But I wasn't held back. So, when I came here, I just kept going through school. So, I graduated 17. So, I started college, I think, when I was 17. I turned 18 my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's funny because... It always wasn't. It was always an issue because everybody was always older than me. You know what I'm saying? And so like people are doing stuff, and I'm like, oh, I'm not just that young. I'm just, the young kid, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. But I'm like a sophomore, so you know, um, I ended up playing center mid, and we had a tournament. There was a tournament that my club team played in, and we played against my junior college because my junior college was in it, and I played with my club team, uh-huh. and I scored the winning goal, and we won one zero, and I played center mid. Wow. And I think it was one of those games where, like, and I'm playing against, like, guys I train with every day. Yeah, so, yeah. for me, it was, like, a personal thing. Like, 100%. Like, guys, come with me. You know, I train with these guys. These are my teammates as well. And I want to show well. And I want us to show well. Mm-hmm. And so, I was on it. I played really well. And um, there were teams because it was, like, a showcase. Mm-hmm. So, they're, like, colleges that were, like, looking and interested. And I'm already, I'm going to that college. It's just that game I yeah. played with my club team. Yeah. And so, like, that, I think there were teams, like, who's this guy? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> And so our coach is like, well, you're not going anywhere. Give me a f- like, literally the next day, offer me a full ride. Really? And so I'm like, well, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, I'll take yeah. it. For sure, I'll take it. Because it's where I want to be, you know. So I took it. And literally, like, it was like this. Cra- crazy. One day, nothing. The next day, this. But it was because of the, the performance I had and the work I put in. The year of work that you put it in. It wasn't just that one moment. It wasn't it's overnight, every, yeah. It was everything that built up to that one moment. And I, it, the lights were on. The whistle, was, I was switched on, and I just, I wanted to compete, yeah. and I wanted to be successful, and I wanted our team to win. And you a great um, opportunity. You took, you took advantage of it. I took my yeah. chance, and so uh, it was crazy. And so the next day, he's like, yeah, I'm going to offer you a full ride. Um, and, um, you know, and then he saw me playing center mid, and he's like, oh, so you can play center mid? <laughs> like, yeah. I normally, play, <laughs> I normally play that for my club team, because yeah. in his mind, he only thought I was only a striker. Yeah. And so I'm doing stuff, trying to work in there. And then he saw me play that, and he's like, okay. So the next year, I played center mid. So I, we played with two attacking mids and one holding mid. And so we had two very creative guys, fast, and just give them the ball, you're good. Yeah. Like, they're going to make things happen. There's strikers and wingers, people who can make things happen. Mm-hmm. Have discipline in the middle, break things up, and distribute the ball, and let them do their thing. Give them the freedom to go forward. And so it was very simple for me. Yeah. Break everything up, destroy, distribute. Destroy, distribute. And so uh, 
I was the captain that year, and we went to the, the finals, and we lost to Yavapai, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, and we actually, funny, the, the guy that plays, I think he plays for Columbus Crew, Justin Moran, mm -hmm. I played against them in that game. <laughs> so now he's in the MLS, and so you see, like, there's a lot of quality players that play in the junior college. Yeah, 100%. And so... It's uh, like what you said, so many players have all the talent, but it's, they messed up on the grades. Yeah. So, yeah. Or one thing or another, that kind of let them down. And so uh, to, to be a captain and to experience that, my first... My second year, but my first year Freshman, eligibility, yeah. you know, and actually going through and like traveling these places and playing and and um, and being feeling like I'm really a part of it, you know, because when you're redshirt, you don't ever travel, yeah, you don't ever dress up, you know, you're kind of sitting in the stands and it's like you're part of the team, but you're not exactly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that feeling like I'm here, we grind together, we, but then when it comes to game time, yeah, I'm not even like I don't get a jersey to wear, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that feeling, yeah, yeah. and so uh, to have gone through that, it was. It, it, it was all a blessing. At the time, it was hard and it was mentally hard and tough, but it was a blessing the long term because over that course of that next year and how things unfolded, man, it was amazing. And so after that, that's when I got my opportunity to move on to a four-year university, mm -hmm. D1 school, which is, again, end game. Yeah. What, what I felt like, you know, I can compete at D1 level. I just need the opportunity. And, um, and I actually got lucky. I got a full ride as well mm -hmm. to that. And so... Again, everything just kind of aligned. Um, my family couldn't afford to send me to school, so I needed to get a full ride, and um, I did. I got full ride. I paid for one year of college. My first year were my very basics, and then the second year, junior college paid for it, and then from there, I moved on, and um, I got a full ride to go to Coastal Carolina University, um, which is a, a Division One school in South Carolina. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it was crazy that my journey was like that. I mean, I started out playing striker yeah. and I ended up getting a D1 scholarship to a, a school and I went in being a center mid. Mm -hmm. And I played center mid. <laughs> but, you know, I could play right back. I could play yeah. center back. Yeah. I could play, you know, I could play every but center mid was, was it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, you're going to get the most out of me there but I can do a little bit of everything. I, I like that too, how it's like, because I get asked a lot from players, younger players, it's like, should I just focus on one position? Should I do a multitude? I'm, I I was the same way. I played striker in high school. Yeah. I went into college. They saw me potential as a right back. Yeah. But in trainings, I started scoring goals. They pushed me back up to striker. Now I'm playing right back again. Like, yeah. But I can play. I played center mid for high school. You know, a club team. I mm -hmm. did like I did it all. Like left yeah. wing. I did everything. And it's just kind of like yeah, you kind of go and you get teams where it's like, look, we like you, but we have five center mids. But if you can play right back, we'd love to have you right back. Right. I play right back, yeah. get on the field, and all of a sudden things just start rolling. Right. So it's like I like that where it's you kind of like yeah you know I'll come in I'll, I'll play some right back and then all of a sudden you do your potential is seen at center mid yeah it just works out and I and how much did your touch improve too from all the work man so much yeah. it's crazy how much my but the thing is like I didn't just do it there yeah. like I would go home yeah yeah and like you you always have some kind of like everybody has a fence for the most part mm -hmm. and if not i would go to like uh the local like elementary school by and i would use the, just the, the concrete mm -hmm. i would even use my sidewalk it's crazy oh, like yeah, yeah. i would get there i would get on the sidewalk hit the bar receive like <laughs> the road <laughs> i was that kid like I, I could not get enough soccer yeah. like there was i lived it breathed it. everything i wanted to do was soccer so like i get the ball hit it against the the, the edge of the con the the, the road mm -hmm. um receive the ball, take a touch, and like, like I'm a sentiment. And I'll yeah. play like scenarios, like I'll put newspapers here, like, okay, this defender is here, this guy's here, I need to pass the ball here. Yeah. So I'm gonna hit it and bounce it and take a touch and play. And so like, I would do things like that, mm -hmm. but 
nobody's making me. My stepdad is not saying like, go do this or I'm doing it myself because I want to. Yeah. I want to improve. I want to get better. So when I get on the field, I'm killing it. Yeah. You know, and mentally I'm like, yeah, you guys have no, no chance. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to destroy you, you know, but it took work and it took discipline on myself, you know, to want to follow through. Not just when it's, when the coach tells you to do it, but from there, can you go a couple of times early before training and do it yourself? I was like that. I didn't need someone to say, hey, you tell me once, okay, all right, my touch is not good enough. (laughs) Let me work on it and you will see the progress. I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna go do it. I'll spend the time, I'll do it, and I'll improve because I I wanna be successful, you know? And so I was able to do that and my touch increased. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, going from playing striker, playing center mid and so like I've always kind of needed to have a pretty good touch mm-hmm. but not until I got to junior college and he was like dude go to the wall that was the first time I'm like like you always think like your touch needs to be good but yeah. that was that moment where I'm like it, the, your first touch is everything in soccer yeah your first touch is bad everything else that you're trying to do may be bad mm-hmm. your first touch is good touch play yeah if touch shoot whatever touch whatever you want to do but mm-hmm. if it's bad and you're getting closed down, a lot of things can be can spiral out of control very quickly. Yeah, and so my coach, because I was like, when you say you're stronger, bigger, everything, yeah. more athletic in high school. I was not like I was actually a senior year. I was stronger, yeah. but like I was always just fast. Like I'd yeah. take the ball and I would just feel like I could go eighty percent and just blow by the guys. People, yeah, and especially my senior year, I I was just relying so much on my speed. Yeah. I just didn't work on any part of my game. I could have a touch. My thing was like I'd have a touch and I would hit it 15 yards. But you're, it was you're, so bad. Fast enough. But you're. I would just sprint around people and I'd, yeah. I'd be like, oh, my touch is good. What do you mean? Nobody yeah. steals it from me. That's right. in my head. And then in college, the same exact thing. All of a sudden, guys are just as fast as you, if not faster. Right. And then you have that touch and they're easily taking it. They're smarter, they're faster, they've got all this. Right. And my coach said the same exact thing. After training, it wasn't during training, always after training. Shelly, you can call me Shelly. <laughs> Shelly, hit the wall, 20 minutes. Like, yeah. I just have to do that first touch against the wall. I'm like, this is. And like literally, I was the worst at possession, worst at everything. I did the same exact thing for all my freshman year. Yeah. Did all that. I was in my room. I would juggle because I, I don't think I could even do 100 juggles straight yeah. in college. That's terrible. There's like, it was terrible. But then same thing. All that work, I did so much training. And then coming back to sophomore year, I remember the first day, someone boots the ball up and you're like, how's your touch, you know? Yeah. And I just kill it right on my foot and I was like shocked myself like, oh <laughs> like, damn and everyone was like oh and people knew I was working for right. and everything I was like yeah. wow it's okay, okay yeah, I, right. I wasn't the well bad done. kid anymore yeah but yeah same exact thing hit the wall hit the wall it's funny like and you improve a ton a but ton you, but you don't see it immediately like you no. said it takes a long time it takes a long time yeah but you have to be you have to be disciplined just, even when it gets good you can always up and up, yeah. make it a little bit challenging for yourself in some way. Instead yeah. of just balls on the ground, bounce it up to what's bouncing. Mm-hmm. Now, when it's bouncing, can you bring it down and play? Yeah. Right? You can, you, there's different ways you can always make it more challenging for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just when you get to the point where you're like, I'm too good. <laughs> you're yeah. not. Yeah. Because no. <laughs> there's something, some, somewhere else, something else will happen, and you're like, oh, maybe I can work on that too. Yeah. You know? Just always finding a way to like challenge yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And how was uh, how was your career at Coastal Carolina? So it was it was good. Um, I, the first thing was you know we needed a full full ride, and so I remember I went on my visit. Um, we actually played when I was in my junior college. We played a tournament I think in Dallas, and um, that's when I met. You know I was able to after the game. I actually got hurt that game. Mm-hmm. I played like twenty minutes, 
20, 30 minutes and I got subbed off because I got injured. And I guess in that 20, 30 minutes, the coach was like, he saw what he needed to see from me mm-hmm. and was like, I don't know if he was there for, looking for me. He probably wasn't. Yeah. But, you know, I stood out to him for some reason. And um, he, went, he met with my coach. And then later that night, they, you know, they showed up at the hotel and were like, hey, we'd like to talk to you about Coastal Carolina. Do you know anything about it? And I was like, I'd never heard of Coastal Carolina in my life, you know, not, you know. And so uh, he's like, yeah, well, you know, we see the kind of player you are with the program we're building. I feel like you'd be a good fit for it. Um, you know, we would like to organize some kind of uh, visit so you can come check it out. The campus and everything is by the beach. It's beautiful. Um, and uh, I mean, in the back of my mind, I could play middle nowhere. I don't yeah. care, you know, but if. If I'm there's a potential that I'm gonna get a full ride, like I would always consider it, you yeah. know. And so uh, we didn't even talk about anything like that. He just wanted me to come visit, and um, I think at that time too, I think UAB had been somewhat interested in me, mm-hmm. um, and my coach was kind of talking about UAB, and um, but this coach at Coastal Carolina, Coach Docking, he was like, I want you to come out and visit. Like I like you, I like the kind of player you are. Kind of like I think you'd be a good fit for us. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, come come check everything out. For me, like, if someone's showing interest in you, it's one thing saying, oh, I'm kind of interested, or you're doing emails. Yeah. But when they're direct, they're saying, look, I'm building this, and I think you can be a good part of it. I think you can come in, and you can bring something different. I think you can come in and be a part of it, and be, you know, and help help gel with everybody. Yeah, That's who I want to go play for. I don't want to play for the 100%. guy who's saying, ah, uh, you know, let's do emails all day. You want yeah. me? 100%. Let's set up a visit. Yeah. I want you to come next week. Can you come next week? Yeah, I'm there. And so that's what happened. Like, we met. He said, I want you to come visit. Like, the, a week or two later, I'm going to visit coast, you know, South Carolina. I've never been there before. Mm-hmm. I go visit. I love the campus. It's small. The classrooms are small. Like, you know, the soccer field, everything was fine. Yeah. Um, and then it was by the beach. Yeah. And the area was just cool, man. I, I was like, <laughs> what, what, is else, what else is there to think about, you <laughs> yeah. know? And so we sat down, and he's like, yeah, I'd like to offer you a full ride. I was like, he's like, what do you think? <laughs> I'm thinking like, what do I, what do I sign? <laughs> you know, yeah. like you know, you, if you need time, hard negotiator. Like, yeah, if you need time to like go back and to, you know talk to your coach and think about it, like you know, obviously you know, I'll give you the time you need. Mm-hmm. I, I just kind of looked at him and I was like, no, I don't right. need that. Like I obviously I couldn't sign right that moment, but I'm like, I'm coming to Coastal Carolina yeah. University, and so I went there and. Um, yeah, man. Our first year, we were we were a very hard, like hard working team. Mm-hmm. So we were in the Big South at the time. So we played Winthrop, uh, Radford, um, High Point, teams like that. Um, and so we were uh, my first year there, my sophomore year. Um, we were just a very hard working team, hard nosed. You know, we had an English coach, and you know, we could grind teams to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like physically, we could grind teams to the ground, and we always had some players that could play. But for the most part, we're just a very hardworking team, like a pretty disciplined team. You didn't score a lot on us. Like, you didn't break us down very often. It happened, but we just, that's just how we were. And then uh, my second year, um, you know, we started getting a couple more skillful players and still the same mindset. We're still hard-nosed, like, doing fitness. We're, you know, doing mile, two miles, the Cooper, all this stuff, like, the Bear, all this stuff. And so, uh, you know, first year, we didn't do much. Second year, um... I, yeah, my second year, I think we won the Big South, and then we no, it's the first, we made the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a bit to NCAA tournament, and then we lost to who did we lose to Duke? We lost to Duke, um, and they had a very strong team. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, Winger. 
what's his name? Uh, he used to play for Houston Dynamo. He got drafted Mont Montreal Impact. Andrew Wenger. Mm -hmm. He played on that team. And so for the first, and I remember him because I think we graduated at the same time, but I remember playing Duke and I'm like, this center back is like dribbling people and shooting balls. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, what? We're letting this guy, like, he's dribbling our sentiments. Like, he's getting the ball, getting pressured, yeah. dribbling them, coming at the back four and shooting. And I'm like, that's crazy. He's good, man. Yeah. I'm like, he's really good. I'm like, someone foul him. Yeah. Why is he, you know? And so I remember that stuck out. Like, we're playing Duke and, like, you know, I think we scored first, but then they scored two goals later mm -hmm. and, and they won. But we made the NCAA tournament, lost in the first round. And then my senior year, we were really good. I think we were ranked, I think we we're in the top 25. Mm -hmm. I think we might have been the bottom of that. Um, but we're really good. We had skillful players, Justin Portillo, um, who now just got signed by Real Monarchs. Shout out, Justin. I'm proud of you. Um, a very skillful player, very good player. He played for uh, Real Monarchs last year, uh -huh. and then before he played for Charleston Battery, so he's a very good player. Pedro Ribeiro, who, who was recently playing with Fresno, but now plays in Sweden, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, these guys were in the middle, you know, um, and I'm trying to think. I think at that time because others came after us but we were the ones that were able to go move on and have opportunities to play pro and stuff like that yeah. but those guys were amazing like in the midfield and so uh i told you i was playing center mid mm -hmm. so towards the end of my second year i was asked to play center back because of course i can play center back yeah. and so uh our coach i think he was recruiting and he had plans to do certain things for the next year and um he brought in like justin like a very skillful center mid. there's no reason why this guy shouldn't be playing like he's, yeah. he's good enough and he's ready to play so like okay then i need to you know is, is there any way i can still be on the field and you know because i'm one of the older guys i'm one of the leaders on the team so he asked me like you know what do you think about playing center back and so i played some center back already the year before a little bit and he's like you know i'm gonna recruit play players and this and that but you know he recruited some players and some worked out some didn't yeah and so he's like you know i know it's your senior year like but you know I need you to play center back. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I'm on the field. I'm playing. I'm exactly, yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know, whatever. Let's let's you know. Whatever it takes to be on the field. Right. Yeah, I want to yeah, play. I want I want to be on there. I want to be able to help my teammates. And so, if that's what you need me to play, center back. Okay, I'll play center back. And so, I played center back my last year, and then I got drafted as a center back. So <laughs> I started out up top. Yeah. Played a little bit of club team. I played a little bit of center mid. Went to my junior college experience. Was right back, center back, center mid. So got went to college, went to my four university as a center mid, played a year and a half there as a center mid, and then my last, you know, I won't, I'll say two years as a center mid, and then my last year I played the whole year as a center back, and then I got drafted as a center back. Uh -huh. So and you, and you got drafted to Sporting Kansas City, right? And I got drafted to Sporting Kansas City, which is also is a crazy story. Probably shouldn't have happened. Realistically, really. Um, I, I mean, I think it was it was interesting because coming out of college i mean of course i wanted to play pro but i just wasn't sure like how it would happen you yeah. know i knew like you need to get invited to combine and then from there like things can happen but like i mean i went to a small d1 school you know i'm not a north carolina or a duke or creighton like i'm not one of akron i'm not one of these you know those players you know and those programs were at that time very very strong and producing good players and so Right away, MLS guys are looking at those kind of guys. Yeah. They're not looking at guys in the Big South. And so uh, um, my coach obviously spoke and, and, and talked and tried to see if they can get some interest from me. And um, funny thing, I actually got – there was someone who scouted me from sporting in college. So they went and watched me play a game, and that's how I got drafted. 
so I wasn't invited to the combine, huh. right? So you, people say like, oh, it's a coincidence. I, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm pretty strong in my faith. Um, and I think God opened the right door for me. Um, I think you look at it statistically, it doesn't make sense that I'm getting drafted, mm-hmm. you know, in the second round of the MLS draft. Because I saw your 30th overall, Yeah, I was 30th right? overall, which is like high. Yeah, I mean, really, that's, yeah, that's you know, really high. You, yeah. Like, you're going to invest in those players. That's the future. Yeah. Like, and when you're recruiting and when you're trying to bring younger players, like, you see these players in a couple of years being maybe a starter. So you're not going to waste a pick like that mm-hmm. on someone, you know. And so for me, you know, it was it was complete shock. Um, but I, at that time, I knew, like, man, I, I know I want to play pro, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but... Mm-hmm. If I'm not getting, if I'm not getting, uh, if I'm not getting invited to this combine, how am I going to get there? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And so, uh, funny, I actually went to a USL um, combine that uh, I think they're called Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called Charlotte Independence, but before they were like, what were they called? Charlotte. Oh, man, they're the first USL team. Um, I'm drawing a blank, but they're it was in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, and they had an open combine and they invited me because obviously I'm one of the guys in the Carolinas and stuff. And so yeah. they're, they have an eye out on, on players and, um, and they were like a strong Christian organization. They know that I'm, I'm a Christian as well. And so that would have been like a really good fit for them and for me so I can grow, you know, uh, not just as a player, but also personally and within my life. And, um, and so they invited me out for a combine and I, you know, I went and I did my thing and I felt like I had a pretty strong combine and um, they actually wanted to offer me a contract. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, okay, like that's pro, yeah, for sure. Like that's yeah. that's the goal, right? And yeah. so uh I <laughs> I said, okay, you know, so in my mind I'm thinking, all right, combine, I don't care about no combine, yeah. I don't care about getting like you know, I could still get drafted technically because I'm still like I just finished school and I'm grad just graduated, so anything can really still happen. And so I had a clause in my contract that said if I got drafted, then they would have to let me go, no no like buyout or anything, they yeah. just have to let me go. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the house, I'm at my house watching the TV and just kind of getting discouraged. I'm seeing like Matt Hedges get drafted and all these people like I played against and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's a good player. And I'm like, I'm starting to lose hope. And I just kind of turn it off. You know, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to get drafted. Why would I get yeah. drafted? These guys that they're drafting were at the combine. Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't there. I wasn't. So teams like don't, they're not looking at me. Yeah. And so I turned it off and uh, my agent actually hit me up and he was like hey you buy tv or anything i'm like no no because i made we made like a highlight little highlight video with like my last clips in college as a senior and that's what like he was at the combine trying to talk to teams and like hey take a look at this player or whatever and um funny thing sporting had already seen me like before that Mm -hmm. and so they knew like man diamond on the rough like good intangibles like athletic strong i can play with the ball a bit there's, there's maybe something there. They So they knew about me, and then they with my highlight tape and stuff like that, and so uh, kept it completely quiet, didn't say anything, there was no talks, and yeah. so they just drafted me. Like, 30, 30th pick comes up, and they're like, yeah, Cyprian Hedrick, Coastal Carolina. And I'm, I was I was actually about to go for a run, and then my agent's like, hey, uh, if you're not by TV or by it, uh, get on it quickly. Yeah. And so I actually missed myself getting drafted. Really? <laughs> And the funny thing is, I was uh, an all-academic, all-American uh-huh. for my junior college. And I was supposed to go to Kansas City to receive that award. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm not going to go to Kansas City to get a jacket and a, an award to be all-American. I'm not. Yeah. They can just send it to my school and I'll go pick it up. 
so I was, it's funny because all these things are happening and you know I'm strong in my faith and what I believe and I, I don't think that's a coincidence yeah I think God meant those things were bringing me to Kansas City whether it's to go receive my award mm-hmm. or to end up getting drafted by them but I was meant to be there for something yeah and so that happening and then I get drafted by Sporting KC in Kansas City where the draft was and I'm thinking how you know I, in my mind I'm thinking this shouldn't happen yeah you know but later on I found out like they actually had scouted me there was a guy that actually came to my school and actually watched me physically play it wasn't just video mm-hmm. they saw me play and so they had me on their board like okay you know if we want this guy like if he's available like we're gonna take a chance on him and that's how I you know my contract with with the, the team in Charlotte you know went that's great. W- w- good thing you had that clause yeah <laughs> that's good yeah and so uh yeah and that that's how I began my professional career with all that craziness how was uh how was the excitement of like being drafted literally thinking this like nah I mean you had the contract pro contract already so you're excited yeah but how was it from like your draft I mean I'm sure a lot of people hit you up I'm sure you got a lot of messages dude my phone blew up <laughs> like uh, it happened I saw it and I was like what <laughs> at first I was kind of shocked you know yeah. because I just in my mind I just didn't think it was going to happen yeah you know why why would it happen yeah you know why would it be me of all people I again they invite a bunch of people to combine and a lot of those guys and a lot of those guys didn't get drafted before me so how does that in my mind I'm like it doesn't make sense that I'm getting drafted over them. But again, I, God works in mysterious ways. You know, I think there was it was meant to be like that for me. And so uh, that happened, and I was I was shocked. My people were blowing me up, and I was like, I got to just shut off my phone because I was going to go for a run. <laughs> and, like, I'm trying to run people calling me, texting me, congrats, dude, what, what's going on? Like, and I'm yeah. like, okay, let me turn off my phone. Let me go for my run. Then when I came back, I'm answering, like, calls and messages and interviews and this and it really for me it was overwhelming mm. um very very overwhelming and uh i'm just i'm a low-key person like obviously if you're on the field me it's different because yeah. i'm more vocal and on the field is always different it's different <laughs> but like for the most part like i'm just a really chill like yeah laid back kind of person so like everybody like want to interview me and ask, ask my story and stuff I don't. I don't want to say it was uncomfortable, but I just wasn't anything like I was really used to. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. And so, like, to have to do those things, I don't mind doing them, obviously. But it's just, it's kind of different for yeah, me. Yeah, it's different. It was different, but it was crazy. And then, so I'm sure, like, as soon as you're drafted, a few weeks later, you're going to Kansas City. Then. Yep. Starting preseason. <laughs> Starting preseason. How, how was the start of preseason in Kansas City? It was. Uh, it was they, you didn't sign the contract already. No. Either, right? So I you think. Go in, yeah. I think some people get the idea like, oh, you get drafted, you're on a team. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> like the for the like the top ten and like the GA people, they have like because teams don't sign you. You get signed by the league. Yeah. And you're obviously you play for that team. So if you don't get your check from the team. Usually you get a check from the league. And so, you know, people are like, oh yeah, you made it, and I'm thinking like. I haven't signed any contracts, so like, no, I didn't make it, you know, per se. And so I had to go to preseason, man, and it was another thing. Like, I'm living out of my suitcase in some hotel for like a week or two weeks. And at any moment, I like, there's cuts being made. Like, the further along you get to preseason, like, the more cuts that are made. And I'm thinking, man, this guy was pretty good. He just got cut. And I'm thinking, I'm looking around like, this guy was a starting center back last year. This guy was a starting center back. This guy was their backup and a veteran. And this guy's six five, yeah. you know, and he's com- we're competing for the same spot. And this guy used to be, he still is here. You can't have like eight center backs on your team. Yeah. People are gonna get cut. And so I'm thinking, dude, I gotta make sure I'm on my game. And so I guess 
you know, I did enough, you know, to show them like, okay, we drafted you, like, you know, and I remember we, we went to Chicago, my first time ever being there actually, and um, we had a preseason game, and um, I remember Peter Vermees pulled me on the side after the game, and uh, played BC United, I remember, and he was like, you know, um, I want to offer you a contract, what do you think? But, yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, you know what? No, I'm not. But, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I've been working my butt off. You yeah. know, I'm living out of a suitcase. I don't have anything here. Like, I just, all I've ever wanted was an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And to, like, make it or not make it on my own merits by what I do and my work. And so, to finally get to a point where, like, as a, a young, young adult, but, like, now you're stepping into being a pro. And my contract wasn't given to me. Mm -hmm. I have to grind every day, beat test, um, you know, we're doing defending stuff. I'm learning, I'm learning a bunch of new things that in college I wasn't doing per yeah. se when it comes to shifting and pulling people. Mm -hmm. It was always like man for man, like you're not going to beat me, yeah, exactly. you know, like we're going to press teams and we're going to make them kick it and we're going to win the ball and play. Yeah. So there was not, not a whole lot of like, let's shift, the ball come this way, come this way, you can go up. There wasn't like, there was some of that, but when it comes to like being as a professional, mm -hmm. it's got to be in sync. Like, you go, I come, it's got to be in sync. And so I wasn't used to that. So learning that was crazy. But I showed that I could learn mm -hmm. and that I could adapt and I could apply it to my, my the way I defend. And so I guess I showed him that, I, you know, I'm, you drafted me for a reason. So he yeah. offered me a contract and that was my first pro contract. That's awesome. Yeah. That's funny too is like what you said about like you're learning stuff that you didn't even think about. It. Me and Mo are sitting here and we were talking about like, we don't even know how we played at 18. Because, <laughs> like, the amount that we've learned from 18 it's to crazy. now, it's like, I, I'm literally thinking, it's like, how much has just been running around, going completely That's exactly what I think all the time. Yeah. Just going off instincts and just doing what feels natural. And probably sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. <laughs> yeah. You're just going out there just going out there around. doing it, yeah. And, like, because now it's, like, the amount, even for, like, because I didn't start playing right back until I was 22. Mm -hmm. But, like, the amount I know now versus 22, like, 22, same thing. Literally going out there with Sacramento Republic training. Like I had, it was funny. I had Nemanja right mm. next to me, like yelling at me, telling me where to go. <laughs> and it's like he had a jaw, his hands full with me because yeah. like I must have just been just gut yeah, instinct all over the place. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy how much you learn. It's like the more you learn too, the more you realize it's like yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> the yeah. more you learn, the more you realize there's more that you don't even know. Right. It's crazy how much there is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so signed the contract with Sporting mm -hmm. Kansas City. It must have been amazing. At that crazy. point, you're finally like, okay, now I'm drafted. You know, everyone's saying you made it there, but now at this time, it's like, no, it finally it, came together. It finally sunk in. Like, yeah. I'm a pro. Like, it's not. No, I've made it. Like, I ha I was a little kid in in Cameroon that was watching these guys play on this big field with, you know, no nets. Mm -hmm. And I, now I'm saying many years later, I, I, I took the first step and I'm a pro. Yeah. That was that moment. And then to know, like, my mom is, you know, she's looking down on me and she's probably, like, dancing and yeah. so happy and celebrating. Um, for me, that was, man, that was one of the moments where I just, I took, I sat back and I took a big fresh yeah. you know breath breath of air and i just sat back like wow yeah a lot of work a lot of heartache a lot of sacrifice losses everything this led to this moment and this is the beginning yeah you know and for me i was like my work just started now it's like a new chapter of like a bunch of different yeah, stuff yeah. but to finally say you know what i put my mind to it when i was just a little kid and from nine till i was 22 there's a lot of good and bad things wrong right and wrong everything from the best to the worst, I did, but 
I said I wanted to be a pro one day, and I'm finally here. That's great. Literally you know? not being able to have soccer boots, cleats, because you couldn't buy them. I couldn't afford it, yeah. Playing with dirt to literally, even, and it's funny too, you're saying that your dream was to be out on that field. With there, them, yeah. And now you're signing for Sporting Kansas City, yeah. an amazing MLS team. Yeah. Like, that's that's crazy. It was nothing I could have, I mean, you, you have like dreams, you know, yeah. but I... <laughs> I couldn't have dreamt that, uh-huh. you know, and just how things unfolded, it was crazy. That's, that's sick. That's really sick. <laughs> it, still gives me gonna, goose, it still gives me goosebumps. Funny, I, I, I had goosebumps for a solid minute when nah, you were saying about that. It's, it's really nuts. cool. It's really cool. Um, and, and just like you said, too, it's like you feel this huge rush of like where you just breathe in and breathe out. Like, yeah. I did it, but then it's like, this is just the first step. Like, okay, now <laughs> the work is just, just now started. starting. Yeah. Because there's just so much to do. Yeah. Um, how was how was the whole season there at Sporting KC? So, uh, I've been through some funny things. So, you know, I get drafted. You know, I get drafted on my contract, and then for like the first two months, we're, I mean, we were like seven, like we were killing it. Yeah. Defensively, like we had a solid back line. Like Chance Myers was right back. Uh, uh not all uh, Matt Beasler, mm-hmm. um, Aurelian Collin, and then Cessna Vicinovich. Those guys were. Tanks. I mean, yeah. they they were not giving up anything, and then in front of them, they had Julio Cesar, they had Jimmy in the back, Jimmy Nielsen. Yeah. I mean, I, I would watch them play, and I'm like, people, and I I would oh, get the sense that with Jimmy Nielsen. Yeah, I would okay. get the sense that like you're not even gonna get a shot off on these guys. Uh-huh. Like that's how like compact they were, how well they played with each other, and I'm like, these guys are brick walls. Like yeah. you're not if you're getting like four or five shots in a game, that's <laughs> In those first seven games, like yeah. they were on it and they were, we were scoring. I mean, everything was just kind of clicking, you know. Yeah. And um, and as a young rookie, I'm trying to find my place because, like, you know, what am I gonna like? Where do I fit in? Yeah, it's it's almost like starting all over. High school, your freshman year. Yeah. College, your freshman year. Where do I fit in? What is expected of me? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing when you become a pro. I'm here. What's the culture like? Where do I fit in? You know, who do I gel with on this team? Yeah. You know, do I hang out with anybody? Do I stick to myself? Am I shy? Am I? So there's a lot going on in the first year that you're trying to have to figure out because no one's coming to you saying, hey, buddy, this, 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 this. Yeah. I had some players. Um, Kai was very good at it. Would invite me over and do, come eat. Let's play some FIFA. Let's chill. And so stuff like that was would help me feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, hey, what are you doing? Nothing? Let's go out. Yeah. Let's go do something. Okay. And, I mean, this is Kai Kamara, like, yeah, and I'm just some rookie. Like I, I'm, I'm essentially like a nobody. But yeah. this in Kansas City, this guy was everything, man. They loved him there. Yeah. So we were in public, and people were like, "Hey, Kyle, look, whatever." And he's just you know, a very humble, like down to earth person, like but very well known. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Dude, come over play some FIFA." He doesn't have to do that for me. Yeah. I'm, you know, he doesn't owe me that. Mm-hmm. I'm just some rookie, you know, trying to figure stuff out and stuff like that helped me a lot. And so now that I'm like one of the older guys, I see that, and I'm like. I wish I had more of that, but from other people besides him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good when there's one person, but it should be more people, more yeah. older guys who have been there, done that. You know, but again, you're pros. You have your own life, and things it's hard are to going. balance that. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. To, it's, it's hard to balance that. And so uh, for me, I had that a little bit. And so uh, the first two months, we're killing it. I'm training very consistent. Yeah. You know, good trainings, bad trainings. You know, you know, we had reserve games. That's when we had the reserve league. Yeah. I the reserve there was no like. Like, you're playing with the first team or, like, you're getting a couple of reserve matches. But besides that, that's it. Unless, like, you go on loan. Yeah. But for me, like, at that time, I didn't think, like, going on loan was, like, an 
like an option. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to <laughs> keep on. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. keep going. Okay. I just need to get a new card in here. Um, I, I just, I didn't think like, you know, going on loan was like a, a positive thing, you know, because you're thinking like, oh, I'm going to go play for a team that's like below the level that I am or whatever, you know, and you kind of get that sense like, like I'm, I'm better than to play like in a USL team. I'm on an MLS team, like Mr. Whatever. Um, and, and then, you know, you don't think like going on loan is an option. You can go play games, you know, and, and train and, and do these things. And so I didn't think about that, mm-hmm. but you know, all we had was the reserve games. And so two months in, um, you know, we were training and um, I go in for a tackle, I break my leg. And so <laughs> my first year as a pro, finally fought, earned my contract. This team is doing really well. I'm trying to figure out what what in the world is going on. Mm-hmm. Where do I fit? What does Peter Vermees need from me? What, how does he want me to play? Like, I'm trying to figure all these things out and then my performance is like this. And um, and then I, I go in for a tackle. Um, I think it was on Bermuda grass. My cleat got stuck. And so when I landed, it was like a lunch tackle. When I landed, popped. My momentum just popped it. And uh-huh. um, yeah, I fractured my fibula and tore ligaments in my ankle. Um, and I was out. It ended up, I ended up being out 11 months. Wow. So you're talking about like your dream finally yeah. coming true and then it being taken away right away. Because in my mind, as soon as that happened, I'm thinking, hmm, I had a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, you get a three, like you go to Europe, you have like a three-year deal, something yeah. like that happens, you have time. Like you get one chance. For yeah. me, it was one opportunity. And I had two months to show them, this guy is your guy for the future. Mm-hmm. And I was like this. In my mind, I'm thinking, I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. But I didn't have enough time to do yeah. enough. It's hard. Two months as a rookie in an MLS squad, like you have to have, literally, it's, I don't want to say impossible, because it's not impossible. Yeah, it's possible. But like, but it is, you need the stars to align. Like, everything needs everything to Everything needs to go perfectly yeah. well for you. And Especially so, in two uh, months. Yeah, and, and I wasn't being drafted. Like, some of these guys are getting drafted, and like, teams are thinking, like, they're probably ready to play, like, right away. So mm-hmm. we're going to, I was like, in a, I don't want to say an experiment, but they, they wanted to see, they wanted to see me and see what I could do, and then see, you know, this guy, I'm going to give him an opportunity. What can he do with it, yeah. so to speak? You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm bringing him in because next year he's my starter. It wasn't like that. Yeah. It was, let me take a chance on this guy. Let me see what he can do. Mm-hmm. He seems like a hungry guy with opportunity. Maybe he can blossom and be even something amazing. And that's what I had. And then two months, broken leg, done. And I mean, I had surgery, obviously, to put a plate and to put screws in mm-hmm. um, and then to let it heal. And then to get the plates, another surgery to get the plate taken out um, and let the bone where the screws were put in to calcify. Yeah. And then, yeah, and that was that was the beginning and the end of my MLS dream. And, you know, trying to, and I've always been the kind of guy I want to play at the highest level possible. Yeah. And at that moment, for me, MLS was the highest that I could immediately touch. Mm-hmm. And once I finally got a little piece of it, I'm like, okay, now I need to find a way to where I can work my way in and I can be a starter. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm a starter 22, 23, a couple of seasons, man, maybe Europe can come along. Yeah. And I can always push for something, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? I can always strive for something. And um, <clears throat> two months, broken leg. And then that was that was it for me at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, devastating. It was one of those moments where like you, when it rains, it pours. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I was going through some personal stuff with my stepdad that we were dealing with. Um, so. It was, I was not balanced at all. My life was all over the place. And then I broke my leg. And, you know, it's something that 
man, you know, it's it's devastating for any player that gets injured seriously bad, you know, because yeah. we work so hard and you sacrifice so much and then something like that can happen anytime to anyone and then, you know, you're thinking, man, what's going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. And so I remember thinking, hmm, I don't think I did enough to show them that I need to be, that they're going to need to take a chance on me and yeah. keep me here. And so I got released at the end of the season. Like they kept me for the rest of the season, obviously, and I did my rehab and stuff like that. And I wasn't even fully ready, like healed, and but they released me at the end of the season. Um, I was part of their team. They won the Open Cup. So I can say my first year, I was a part of a squad that won the Open Cup. So I have a championship of some sort, Yeah. Um, which is amazing to have been a part of that. I was, I was still very much there every day. Um, and to get a taste of that, I'm like, man. I want to feel that again. I don't care what kind of championship it is. Yeah. But to get a, cha- a taste of a championship, there's no feeling. There's nothing that can compare to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't, like, I mean, I, I, uh, so many people have gone through injuries. But yeah. like, it, it sucks that it came at that time. That time, you know? yeah. Because if it was your second year, third year, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it's terrible. It could be, it could be different. And like what you said, like, it's scary because it honestly can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. Any second out there and it's it's terrifying but like you can't play terrified you yeah know? no you can't play scared and yeah and how i mean I, I don't want to dig into it that much but like like you said you're devastated yeah was there anything because i know a lot of people listen to this and because they're injured you know right. i have a lot of people that ask me about that yeah. for mentality when you're injured um and i you know i when i get asked i'm like what helps me when i was going through my injury but it's like I focus on the day-to-day, but do you have any advice for that time? If you could go back yeah. to your time right there at yourself and be like, tell yourself something, what would you say? Or- Man, I mean, I know how I dealt with it, um, and I can tell you that first before I tell yeah. you what my advice would be. But for me, I was uh, a little bit lost, and I was very shaken to my core because um, – man, it seemed like you're on a high and everything's yeah. going well, and then boom, your whole house is destroyed and you're ground level, and you're broken. Like, physically, I was physically broken, but mentally, emotionally, psychologically, I was broken. Mm-hmm. I was, it, 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 it was one of my lower moments, you know, apart from other my other personal stuff, like my mom passing away and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was one of those moments where I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, I, and I had a studio apartment. I didn't live with anybody. Um, some of the guys would come check in on me and stuff and come hang out. But, you know, people have their lives. They have things to do. They're not going to come babysit me mm-hmm. while I'm laid up in my, you know, studio apartment. Um, but, you know, what I did is, you know, I leaned really heavily on my faith. Um, I think I dug even deeper in my faith with Christ and my walk with Christ. And um, it, I found a little comfort in that. I started reading my Bible more. Um, I started, you know, asking questions. And, you know, I mean, when you have that much time, you get sick of playing FIFA. You get sick of watching TV. You, you know, there's other things you need to you, you need to try to find to do. Find a hobby. Yeah. You know, find something that's going to keep your mind distracted from the fact that you're broken and you physically can't run. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was my Bible. I dug deep into that. Um, I, I soul searched. I found myself, um, and I looked deep, deep as I can get. Um, and also, I decided, you know what? I'm not going to feel sorry for myself because it's not going to help me heal any quicker. Yeah. So yeah. I need to right away. I need to get my mind to where. Physically, I'm broken, but I need to pick myself up now, and I start putting myself back together. And so the one thing I did is I started growing out my beard. Um, and for me, it was kind of, at first, I was, I was laziness, I will admit it. <laughs> at first, it was just because I'm like, you know, I'm, I feel terrible, I'm hurt. You, you turn into a slob. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, you know, I just, I've always been like a pretty clean cut person. Like, I like to be presentable. I don't 
like looking like a caveman by any means. That's never a look for me. Yeah. Um, but for me, I started, like I said, it was laziness at first, but then it slowly, you know, the more it started happening, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to shave until I play my the next professional game. Uh -huh. And so it took me 11 months from when I said that and when that injury happened uh -huh. to when I played my next professional game. And I grew out my facial hair. Did not trim it. Did not. I didn't do anything. Wow. It got to a point where it was really big. So I like, I look like Rick Ross. I'm serious. <laughs> but I, of course, I wasn't like big. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. skinny and fit, but I had like a massive beard and yeah. bald head. So, uh -huh. you know, you can imagine... Uh, <laughs> Super bald guy with a big old beard walking around, you know, crutching around or walking with a boot. That was me. And so for me, that was psychologically how I dealt with it. That beard, um, I would look myself in the mirror every day. And it's just... It's like a daily to, reminder. To remind myself, yeah. this is your life right now. This is how things are. And um, it's, it symbolized everything, all the pain, the nights I would be crying by myself. Uh, because I'm just, I'm torn because I'm like, this is my dream. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's slipping away from my fingertips and I have no control over it. Yeah. Um, I'm asking God, why? Why me? Why now? Um, and, and so I started growing my beard and dude, this thing got big. I mean, really, really big. I'll have to find a picture and show it to yeah, you, but yeah. it was like a very big beard. And um, throughout 11 months, I didn't shave it. I stayed, and it was part of my discipline for myself daily. I look at myself, this is your life. This is you. You're going through this. Keep going. Keep going. So when I started being able to do that, I was mentally pushing myself. Can I do a little more? Can I get a little stronger? Mm -hmm. And so uh, once I got through my rehab and I got to the point where I was about to play my first game, I shaved everything and I became baby face. And so for me, that beard, the ugliness of it and everything, I mean, it, it was actually pretty nice looking. Yeah. But for me, it was ugly because I don't, I don't normally look like that and I don't yeah. like to look like that. But it reminded me of all the pain, all the suffering, yeah. the rehab, the days where I'm, I'm having someone pull sutures out of my skin. Like the, I mean, if you've never had that, have thread growing under, grow under your skin. Have someone get a little tweezer and pull it out of your skin. Ugh. The worst pain I've ever like, honestly, one of the worst pains I've ever experienced. But wow. you know, that beard had all of that. Yeah. yeah. My confusion, my anger, everything was in that beard. And when I finally got to that first game, I shaved it. And I looked at it, and then I got rid of it. Because for me, new chapter. Yeah. That happened. I can never ignore that. But you know what? Everything that I went through, that beard, I needed to grow that to push me through mentally, to psychologically get me through it. You know, I was in the eye of the storm, and I came out. New man, new season, new opportunity. I'm still the same guy who wants to grind. I'm still mm -hmm. the same guy who wants to get back. Now I want to get in the MLS again. I lost my opportunity. Maybe it wasn't necessarily all my my doing, partly me, but not all me. Yeah. Now, how can I get back in? And so that was my next thought process, get back in, find a way to get back in. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then touch on, like, after you're in the offseason, once you got released from Kansas City, yeah. you went to Phoenix, right? So before I went to Phoenix, I uh, I was, well, yeah, before I went to Phoenix, I went back to Houston because I was still mm -hmm. doing rehab. Um, and then a friend of mine signed with the, it was a new franchise in the USL, Phoenix FC Wolves. Mm -hmm. And, um, he was like, dude, I know you just got off like your injury. How you feeling? Like, come on. You like, I, you know, come over here and play. Um, and I, at that point I was thinking I need to play, mm -hmm. you know, I don't need to do this. No, right now I just came off a serious injury, a long injury. I need to get to where I can get back on my feet. So mm -hmm. I physically, I can, I can feel like, man, I can still do this. Because a lot of people who have serious injuries and they come back and they're never the same. Yeah. 
or they're a little bit more timid or something is off, you know? Yeah. And so for me, I needed a season. I didn't care if I had, it had to be PDL at that point. I just wanted to play. Um, and so I got the opportunity with Phoenix FC Wolves and um, I played like every game. And maybe from, for me, it was maybe too much because mm-hmm. you're coming off a serious injury and you probably shouldn't play every minute of every game. But, you know, for me, it was good to see that I'm back to myself. Yeah. I could push myself. Sometimes it would, you know, be a little painful. You know, it's a little colder than my, you know, my joints. Right there where the surgery is, aches a little bit, it hurts a little mm-hmm. bit. But I was able to push through. And once mentally I'm like, I'm back, I was good. When did you feel like you were like, okay, I'm back to my normal self? <sighs> I think it was probably after second or third game. Mm-hmm. Um, after my first real tackle. Oh, yeah. You know, because when you, you injure yourself doing certain things, you're always thinking, like, if I do that again, it's going to happen again. Yeah, so psychologically, yeah. you got to break through that wall. And so for me, I've always been fearless in what mm-hmm. I do on the field. If I'm going to commit to something, whether it's right or wrong, I'm going to commit to it. Yeah. You know, and so for me, like, tackling was big, like, leaving my feet lunging, slide tackling. Like, you don't really want to do it, but sometimes you kind of have to do it, mm-hmm. you know. And so after a couple of games where I was put in situations where maybe I'm getting beat and I need to do a lunge tackle or a last dish slide tackle, get the ball out. Mm-hmm. That's what I need to do. And so I was able to do it a couple of games. And the more I did it, the more I felt confident. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I can do everything I want to do. Yeah. Nothing is holding me back. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pushing both off both legs very well. And, and the thing about injuries is you have a lot of time to work and strengthen all the other muscles that maybe you don't focus on as much yeah. when you're healthy, you know? And so for me, like my balance was good. Like my strength was good. I did lose permanent. Um, I lost the uh, flexibility in my ankle. I think like twenty percent permanently, um, which stinks. But it, it, I'm still able to still could strike the yeah, ball on my left yeah. foot, you know. But I'm not like smashing balls like I used to. Um, but I can still get stuff done, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for me to be able to see myself do that after a few games, I was good. I was ready. That's good. And so I bet like that whole season it was just blessing. You're like you're on the field. You're playing again. Like after, I mean. A lot of players have been there. Like, you go through a long injury, you're back on the field. It's the best. Like, yeah. You don't take it for granted. No. 100%. Um, and then what happened? So, like, that season, were there any highlights? Were any, like, <laughs> it was it was uh, an interesting season uh-huh. um, because it, it was the first time where, like, uh, and at the time, my girlfriend, um, we had a, a kid pretty young, mm-hmm. um, at a pretty young age. I mean, I say 22, 23. That's yeah. To me, that's young. Yeah, exactly. You know, we we had a, a a kid very young, and so we were living in Phoenix together, and so like trying to adjust to being like a dad, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a boyfriend, and then <laughs> you have to balance that with soccer, and that's then traveling. Lot, and so there was a lot going on, and so mm-hmm. for us, um, you know, we need our own spot, and so the team was able to help us and stuff like that. But with that team, you know, things you know on a, the organization point weren't always on point with everything mm-hmm. um and that's what happens sometimes with new clubs um it can be amazing or it can be yeah. you know it just depends and so for us like our paychecks sometimes were late mm-hmm. um you know rent was sometimes late and so i had a savings that i built up and um I, you know for me family is everything and um when you get to the point where you you finally have your own family you'll understand like you you'll do anything for your family your kid mm-hmm. your your wife your, your girlfriend or fiance whatever they are you'll do anything for them you want to make sure they're taken care of it so um, I burned through my life savings to uh, make sure that like our bills are paid on time, and and you always think like I'm gonna take some out and then I'll put it back when the check comes in. But when it comes in, you got other things you can take care of, yeah. and so it just it, we kind of burned through all that. Life's expensive, very expensive, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, we it wasn't 
the soccer part was good. I mean, I got to make some some amazing friendships, people that mm -hmm. I'm still close to, Pivo, uh, my, my, my guy Pivo Due, shout out Pivo, um, Travis Bowen, I mean, some, some guys I'm really close to that I, I met on that team, yeah. um, Cam Vickers, I mean, there's, I can go on and yeah. on. There's a bunch of players, you know, that still sometimes play in the USL and, and have moved on and done other things. But um, I met some some amazing friends. Um, it wasn't all negative. Um, we had a lot of good times on the field, mm -hmm. a lot of good times off the field, great moments, great guys, some that I'm really still really close with. Um, but it just overall, it wasn't the best season. We didn't make playoffs. You know, and at that time, the USL, like there is no east and west yeah. you're going everywhere like you're playing rochester <laughs> arizona yeah. yeah you know you're going everywhere and so uh we got it was pretty cool to get to play a little bit of everywhere mm -hmm. um but yeah besides that i mean we were okay you know but we didn't do all that well so it wasn't a successful season but it was positive because i played mm -hmm. i got minutes i got games and then i, I for me it wasn't sure you want to win but for me, I had other things in mind. Winning, you always want to win. Yeah. But there are other little things that you got to do before you can achieve that. And so for me, like day-to-day -day preparation, making sure mentally I'm staying, you know, I'm staying tuned with what I need to be working on. Just the little things that you, a lot of people overlook is mm -hmm. what I focused on the most. And that season was, was what it was for me. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what happened after that season? So after that season, uh, <laughs> funny, kind of had like nowhere to go because... The team folded. Yeah. And so, like, they were saying, like, oh, we're going to come back and we're going to pick, like, we're going to pick pick up an option for you and this and yeah. that. And so, you know, I'm here with my girlfriend with a newborn. Like, nowhere to go. Really no money. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and so uh, we were able to go to Missouri mm -hmm. um, and, and, and stay with my uh, my girlfriend at the time. My wife now, my girlfriend. Her parents are like, come on, you know, we'll look after you guys. And then um, actually Jimmy Nielsen retired mm -hmm. and he became the head coach of Oklahoma City Energy. And so, I mean, I, I had a pretty good relationship. So I called him up. Jimmy, what's up, man? Like, you're a coach now? Uh, I would love to play for you. How yeah. can we make this happen? Like, a couple of weeks, boom, boom, boom. Uh -huh. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a very, you know, hard thing because he knew me already. He knew the kind of person I was, the kind yeah. of player I was. And he knew what he was building, and he felt like there's something I could, I could bring to that. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, after, like, a couple of months of being in my <laughs> living with your girlfriend's parents and your, your, your newborn, uh, you're, you're off. We're off to Oklahoma City, um, our first time in Oklahoma. Uh, we're off to Oklahoma, and we're going to Oklahoma City. Uh, that's, that's the hard part, too, about, like, this level of, of like, the USL, or, I mean, sometimes even MLS, but, like, in the USL, you get the nine-month contract. And yeah. For three months of the year, you're kind of like, I don't know where to go. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's Just... hard to get, like, a three-month lease. It's hard to go a lot of places. Right. Like, I mean, this offseason, I was living with Mimi's parents down yeah. in San Diego. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, this is the... The reality of being at the second division, second division, of yeah. U.S. professional soccer. That's how it is. Yeah, um, but okay. So you had a good couple of years. Man. Yeah, was it two or three years. Three years. Three years. So years I, I spent three years there. So I was I was blessed to, to be again a part of something new. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of because you know I just came from a, a club that was a brand new club, and I saw how things yeah. went there, and I'm yeah. like I was kind of hesitant. Like maybe <laughs> I should go to a more established team within the league, so I don't have to worry about where my paycheck is going to be on time or not. But I knew Jimmy and the kind of person he was, and I knew you know that kind of stuff wouldn't fly with him. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I spoke to him, and I'm like, I know he's going to have a, a, a well-run team, and he's going to get good guys, very, very good guys to be a part of not just the team, but a part of the culture and be a part of the city. And so for me, I'm like, I want to, if there's any way I can be a part of that, I want to be a part of that. And so, yeah. uh, yeah, he, he gave me a contract and I went there and that's, you know, many, many years later, 
uh, I moved on obviously, but uh, I spent three years there. So the first year, you know, wasn't as, as successful for us. Mm -hmm. But then the next two years, we followed up with two back-to-back -back playoff appearances. Yeah. Um, and we always had like a pretty strong team, like a well-respected team within mm -hmm. the league. Um, we were never like the best, but you know, we're kind of always yeah. up in there. It's you know, a solid team. team. A yeah. solid team, yeah. you know. Um, we had really good players. I mean, Danny Koenig, you know. Yeah. I think it was 2016 where he blew up the league. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Sebastian Delgard. I mean, we had plenty Seba. of players. Yeah, Seba, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, Seba's an amazing player. I mean, we, we have Matt, of course, my, my guy, um, Michael, uh, Michael Thomas, who was the captain. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of love for that guy. Cody Lorendi, you know, Cody mm -hmm. Andrews. I mean, we had some really good players, man, in those couple of years. And so uh, to have been a part of all that was, was awesome and to see how it, it grew within the city mm -hmm. um, and how, you know, the city is now from when it was before till now, it's amazing. Uh, and to have been a part, a little, even a little part of that history is is very much a blessing and something yeah. that I, I can always look back on many years and be like, man, I was, you know, I was a little part of something, you know, yeah. that, that hopefully will blossom and be something amazing later, you know. So from the outside, it looked like they were doing everything right. Yeah. Like, okay, see, you look at the league when you wanted to go play there, like it was exciting because it was like, it's so, it got great fan support, Yeah. you know. Everything was on point. Like right. it looked like a really, like I said, a solid club. Yeah, and it just looked really. And that's like what you said too. With a new club, you have no idea. You, you know. literally have no idea if they're going to pull ten fans or they're going to pull ten thousand. Right. You just have. It's kind of scary and exciting. Yeah. That's cool. It's. I'm glad that it worked out really well for three years. Yeah. You, you had like what I looked at it was like seventy something games. Ah, uh, yeah, like seventy something games. Yeah. So I mean, and, and even then, like I wasn't always like the starter or like mm -hmm. you know, just like anywhere else you go, you start over, from yeah, scratch, yeah. You know, and so um, my first year, I wasn't a starter at all. My second year, I mean, you know, I could come in. Mm -hmm. And and I could come off the bench if someone got hurt or something. And yeah, I would play plenty of games within the season because other people get in. But I was never like the guy. Yeah. Like you're my center back. Like I need you to help me with this. Bat. Like I was. I wasn't that guy in the beginning. But I was trusted enough to where if something happened to mm -hmm. him, you know, Gareth Evans or Mark Howard, so can go in there and get the job done, no problem. Yeah. Um. And so for me, that was it was hard because I'm competitive. <laughs> I want to. You want to start. I yeah. want to start. I want to play. And so. Uh, you know, but I just kept grinding, and when I took my opportunities when they came, and um, it took a couple of years. I think it was probably my second year, definitely my last year, my third year is when like you know I was able to be a starter from the beginning, um, and I, I did really well. Um, I felt like that was one of the seasons where I'm like, man, like I feel like my old self, you know, where I'm confident, I'm playing well, I'm you know, I, I felt really on top of my game. Mm -hmm. uh, and then just things after my third year, things kind of broke down um, negotiation wise. And, um, you know, at that time in our, my life and my wife now, girlfriend then, we were uh, in a different time. We're about mm -hmm. to get married and we want to have another kid and build our family. And, you know, we needed something more stable and yeah. um, just negotiations. Then we weren't seeing eye to eye and things didn't work out and, you know, have to have to move forward and move on. So how did your wife, girlfriend at the time, um, treat like going from Arizona because was she you met her in Arizona no so I actually met her in Kansas City oh, in Kansas so City. while I was still sporting okay um on the tail end when I, I had already kind of figured out like they're probably gonna release me mm -hmm. um I had met her there she was going to a college called Benedictine mm -hmm. um and so I met her there and uh actually randomly went there with uh, one of my teammates Kai um we knew a, a coach um that was one of the assistant coach for the men's team mm -hmm. and so we just went you know one weekend we decided 
Like, I want to just go out. It's same stuff over and over. Let's go check out something else. Yeah. So we went out, checked out the game, just kind of spent the evening there. Um, and then I met her out. And, yeah, one thing led to another and exchanged numbers Dif in a different way. I mean, <laughs> you could ask her. She'd probably tell you a story uh, of how that happened. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, so I met her there. And then, you know, one thing led to another. We had a kid. And then, uh -huh. um, so we moved to Phoenix together. And, and since then, we've... We've been, been been glued at the hip. Yeah. <laughs> How, how's she been with following you around to go from Kansas City to Arizona to yeah. OKC to did she go to San Antonio with yeah. you as well? San Antonio, then now here. Like. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm very very lucky guy. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a blessing to have someone like that that will, that will support you. Yeah. Um, through the good and the bad. There's been a lot of bad, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's also been a lot of good. Yeah. You know, but um, she had to sacrifice you know, what she kind of had planned. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think when I met her, she was about to go to PT school. And so having an unexpected kid probably didn't help with that. Yeah. Because now you're making other decisions and this and that. And so, uh, yeah, we, I mean, you know, she decided, you know what? I told her, like, come with me. You know, I want to take care of my kid. I want to yeah. you know, take care of you. Let's see what happens with us. And let's see where our relationship leads. But, you know, we need to be the best parents we can be for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we need to be together for our kid and for us, obviously, to work on us. And then, uh, yeah, many years, many years later, um, we stuck together. Good, bad times, but you know, we, we finally got married and got another kid. <laughs> and so now we have, you know, our, it's been crazy. But she's had to sacrifice a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm so grateful for that because, you know, in 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 the footballer's life, you can't both. If you're both ambitious people and you're trying to, you gotta, someone's gotta give. Yeah. And um, and I think you know for for us in that situation at that time, um, she she sacrificed mm -hmm. everything she was wanting to do, and she just said, you know what, let's let's go and let's see, let's make the best of this situation. Yeah. Let's see how how you can how, how you can play. And in the meantime, like I'll do whatever I can. I'll get a job here. I'll do whatever I you know I can do to you know help with everything as well. Um, but she's been super supportive, man. Yeah, um, it's nice to have. It's um, very nice. It's tough um, because I mean you. By yourself a lot as a pro. Yeah, I mean you can have your teammates and everything, but that's different. Yeah, yeah. And different. when you have someone like that to support you, it really is like yeah. having Mimi here. This is the first time she'll be here all season. Like yeah. it's, it's already been really. Like, yeah, the support is crazy. How much it helps, like mentally, everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, she's our rock, man. I, I always joke like when we moved here. So we went to Missouri before we moved here to mm -hmm. Tulsa <laughs> for a week. I was just getting by, like yeah. literally. I was getting by. <laughs> I remember talking to you about it. Like, I'm just waiting till my wife. Yeah, like, I, honestly, like, eating, I'm scrambling. Like, I'm scrambling just to, you know, and, but she's, like, super organized with yeah. stuff. Like, our place looks nice. She's made it feel like home. your furniture. I was like, stuff is still all Yeah, scattered. honestly. Yeah, like, I'm waiting for her to Yeah. Know. She knows where it She goes. knows what she's doing. Like, you know, and, and it's not just that, but just everything, man. I mean, our, with our kids, especially mm -hmm. that I'm gone all the time. You know, with our dog. I mean, she's has a lot of responsibility, a lot of things she's doing. And um, if she didn't do the things she did for our family, I couldn't do what I do. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I, I'm like the big kid. And I get to go play and have fun. Yeah. And she's really doing all the work. You know, <laughs> she's yeah. she's she's taking care of two crazy girls and a crazy dog who doesn't like people. You know, like it's a lot for her to handle by herself. But I'm yeah. I'm so grateful for that because you know, if if she couldn't do that, I wouldn't be able to do what I do now. Yeah, exactly. That's good. And um, that, so, you, did you guys get married in the off season of that last OKC season? Yes. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, it was actually after that last year, that December, we got uh -huh. married um, in Oklahoma City. Actually, um, we got married there, and then um, before we moved on, we moved away to San Antonio. 
how was it going? I mean, I've never been a team more than one year. I've yeah. been bouncing around for good reasons and bad reasons. Yeah. Um, how was it going from being at three years in one city to all of a sudden now going to San Antonio? Like, were you excited? Was it more of like, you know, how was it? Yeah, it was, it was exciting. Um, it was exciting. But even when I was in Oklahoma, I, was, I didn't have like a three-year deal. Uh-huh. It was always one, one, one. one. And okay. so for me, like, I was kind of always uneasy about that because yeah. I'm like... You didn't have three years of security. Right. Yeah. You know, it I'm like... one year, one year. Yeah, yeah, if I'm showing you that I like... I'm someone you want... Like, I'm young. I'm mm-hmm. not like, you know, 35. Or, like, I'm not older. Yeah. So, like, if you want me, like, invest... Mm-hmm. give me a two-year deal three-year deal something like i'm young yeah. i'm not old by any means and so for me like the one 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 for me i've always wanted an opportunity so yeah. if you're gonna give me one i'm gonna show you that in that year i'm gonna give you everything i have mm-hmm. within the team on the field off the field in the community i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna be myself but i'm gonna show you exactly why i'm someone you need to have on your team and yeah. within your locker room now after that, if you see and you're like, oh, it's for me, great, let's invest in that. Yeah. You know? But in the situation, um, I, I, we were happy in OKC, um, and so we were okay with just the one, one, one. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously always wanted more um, for security reasons, but it just it, it that's not how it went. You know, it is you, what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> you know, you get, you get lemons, you make lemonade. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? So that's what, yeah, it's one, one, one. And so I'd always think, okay, this year I'm gonna show them. This year I'm gonna show them. And then after the third year, I'm thinking, okay, it's been three years. Like, you think you showed them? I, I think it's been it's been long enough to where like, if if I'm gonna be someone like you want to carry on with, and I, that third year, I kind of had some uh, some bargaining chips, I guess you would say, because I had a very strong year, um, finally, and I played, and I was I, I had a at least on our back line, um, I helped a lot. You know what I'm saying? And the combination of plays we had, we were very solid. Mm-hmm. As a group, as a unit, that was a very, very strong unit back four. And so to be a part of that, I'm like, man, you keep this team together, this back four, and then this, this midfield. And then, you know, of course, some people will leave better opportunities. Some people aren't happy. They'll leave. But if you keep the spine and the core yeah. intact, dude, we're going to kill people. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, you know, like they, they should see like, okay, this guy's worth maybe whatever he's asking for. Maybe find a middle ground somewhere yeah but uh it just it wasn't working out and so uh, they wanted to go this way and you know a year with an option and i'm like no mm-hmm. <laughs> a year and an option means one year exactly it's, it fancy doesn't way. Mean, it's a fancy way of saying one year <laughs> it doesn't mean two years it means one year and then if you do well yeah. then i'll just pick up your option even though you might be worth more mm-hmm. but if you don't then i just cancel your option and i'll tell you to move on and so i just i with a kid yeah. I just didn't want to be in that situation anymore. So I said, okay, three years, now's the time. Yeah. Are we going to be here longer than a year or are we going to have to move forward? Mm-hmm. And um, it just things didn't work out and so we have to move forward. Mm-hmm. And did San Antonio, did they offer you more than yes. they offered you two years? Yeah, and so they offered me a two-year deal. Uh-huh. And so for me, that was amongst other things. I mean, I'm, 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 I grew up in Houston. I've yeah. never played in Texas. Yeah. So like I went to school in South Carolina, I played PDL in Fresno. Like I was I was never in Texas, never home. And so the opportunity to be able to go back to my home state where I, where I grew up, man, I'm like I get to play in Texas. My family yeah. can come see my, my friends that are close by. Like I would love to play for Texas. I'm a Texas boy, you know. Mm-hmm. I would I would love that, you know. And so uh, you know, combination of all that, and then you know the Spurs being tied in with you know, San Antonio FC and yeah. 
and going down there and seeing the facility they have. I mean, I'm not training on turf anymore. I'm training on grass. Yeah, the their, their pitch is amazing. And I'm like, man, and San Antonio is, you know, it's, the, stadium. the stadium is amazing, the fans. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. I'm here. Let's do it, you know. And so uh, so I moved to San Antonio. We moved our fans to San Antonio. And, and then on top of that, the cherry on the cake was a two-year deal because mm-hmm. um, we, we wanted to. It was important for us to build our families. It's something we wanted to do. And um, so in those two years, we came out with our little one, Cece. Um, and so, yeah, now, now we have, you know, two little crazy girls and, <laughs> and a dog. Yeah. That's, I mean, two, and it's crazy in the world of soccer how two years is a, a stable thing. Like, yeah. In nowhere, maybe else in other sports and other professions, but like two years, if you only have two years of stability, most people, that's instability. Yeah. And for us, exactly. it's like that's stability to yeah. have two years. Exactly. Most of the time, it's nine months. Nine months, ten months, and then it's like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> figure it out. What are you we'll doing? Go, yeah. We'll go month by month. Yeah. Day by day. We'll exactly. figure it out. Um, and how did it go at San Antonio? How's your time there? It was uh, it was interesting um, for me from the soccer standpoint. It wasn't as good as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, as good as me and my wife moving there, we had um, ambitions and hopes, um, and um, just things didn't pan out that way. Um, after again, <laughs> my luck. When things seem to be great, there's there's some kind of hurdle yeah. that just completely knocks me over. So go to San Antonio, first game of the season, fracture my fibula. A guy comes from behind me, hits me in the back of the leg. Same one. Same one. So my first one, it happened lower. Mm-hmm. This one was like up. So I thought like I got dead leg. I thought like I hit my calf. Uh-huh. So it's the very top of my fibula. Uh-huh. And so I try to play through it, actually. I didn't know it broken at the time, but I'm trying to play through it. I'm like, it's the first game of the season. We yeah. play RGV at RGV. Uh-huh. I'm like, man, you know, we came here. You know, I want to try to, if I'm getting this opportunity to start, I want to make the most of it. I want to yeah. show, like, you brought me here for a reason to your deal. Like, let me show you. And, um, yeah. Uh, Funny, we talk about touches. I took a bad touch. It's a hundred percent my fault. Yeah, took a bad touch from the goalkeeper. The guy closed me down, and he, you know, hit me in the back of the leg and kicked the ball away or whatever. And then um, I got up. I knew I was in pain. I thought I got dead leg. Mm-hmm. Try to play. Something feels off. Um, and I actually gave him a couple of opportunities because I'm playing center back. Yeah. So like, I can't mess up. Like it, they're gonna go at goal if I mess up. And so. Uh, there were a couple of through balls, unfortunately, yeah. uh, like a long ball. They play a long ball. I try to hit it out of bounds. My leg, I stepped down and my leg gave out. Uh, I'm like, okay, something's wrong. And then yeah. the guy goes in like 2v1 two two or something and they miss, thank God. Uh, but at that point, I'm like, yeah, something's wrong. And so uh, first game, I end up finding out later that it's uh, that I fractured my fibula. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need surgery, but I, it's going to take some time so the bones can heal and calcify. And so my luck, you know, new experience, I'm excited i'm getting an opportunity to be a starter and um yeah another injury same leg just, you know same same bone mm-hmm. just now again you're getting knocked down what are you gonna do how long did it take to recover i think it was 11 weeks what? something like that uh-huh. and so we went like and the, <laughs> my luck of course we went like on a crazy streak that year i think it was 2017 yeah we yeah, like we that. <laughs> we were not getting beat yeah like we were solid i mean uh, sebastian yeah. Stephen mccarthy these guys were machines man like I mean, you guys were top of the table we were i think we were top of the table and so yeah. we were like you're not winning against us mm-hmm. like we were solid and so i'm sitting from a like a teammate standpoint i'm excited i'm like yeah we're killing people yeah and then from a comparison standpoint i'm thinking hmm opportunity someone got the opportunity and they're taking it and they're yeah. making it they're, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do and so from a moment of selfishness i look back and i'm like Hmm. So what happens when I get healthy and I get back? Yeah. 
Because I know for me, like if I'm the other guy, I'm getting the opportunity. Unless I'm like doing something to not to lose that, mm-hmm. it needs to be my my exactly. opportunity. It's, yeah. it's my job. I want it. Yeah. I got the opportunity and I cemented it and I made it mine. And so yeah. I understood both sides. But from a competitor, I'm not content with just, especially if I'm healthy and I'm ready to play, mm-hmm. I'm not okay with just sitting on the sideline. Yeah. I'm going to push. I'm going to push. If you're a starter, don't mess up because exactly. I'm breathing down your neck. And when you mess up, if I get a chance... Don't give me the chance because I'm not going to give it back. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was on the outside looking in, and they're killing it. Yeah. They're playing well. Everybody's playing well. We're getting shutouts. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. I'm excited. Um, but I finally get back, and I still was able to help that year. I still came back on the same year, and I still played, like, I think 12 games mm-hmm. in the season. So I still I was still able to help. And, again, came back mentally. I was at a good place. I'd already been through something like that. Obviously, it wasn't as severe. Um, but, again, broken down again mm-hmm. how am I gonna get back so day by day just took it day by day um, I just I, those time I focused on being a good teammate and being around and being 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 able to help people mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying um, whereas when I was much younger my thought process was different but yeah. I was a little bit older and I understood you know I want to take a step back from this and say okay so I'm not playing how can I help my club how can I help my teammates? How can I help the guy next to me? How can I help a young guy? What can I do? I need to do yeah, something to help yeah. my teammates because I physically can't be out there fighting with them at practice and games. How can I be of service within them and even within my community? And so, you know, it's funny because I think certain, God ha- has certain things happen because you're not focused on what you should be focused on. Because mm-hmm. maybe for me, I'm thinking about, man, I need to be a starter. I need to be this. I'm thinking about me, me, me. Yeah. And it's really sense. not about me. It's about us. It's about the team. And it's about what I can do and how I can be helped within the team. And so I think in that moment, I was humbled with my injury, unfortunately. And it made me realize and see those things. So I'm thinking, oh, okay. So I have 11 weeks. Okay, I'm going to get back. I'm going to be healthy. But between now and then, what kind of teammate am I going to be? Am I going to be the guy that just does the bare minimum mm-hmm. and is like, ah, whatever, you guys do whatever? Or am I going to be the guy that's going to be engaging? That's going to give point to some people who, you know, I'm t- still taking mental notes. Mm-hmm. I'm still there like, okay, what would I do in this situation? I would have done this. And I'm still involved. I'm still around. And so for me, I had to take a moment and step back to see that. I need to step up. And sure, I'm not on the field, but I could still be a leader. I can still mm-hmm. communicate with people. I can still say, hey, you're doing this. Or, hey, I see you doing this. Maybe try this. And so I took, it took me a moment to step back to see that. But it was, it was amazing that I was able to see that. And then when I got back on the field and I was able to play, man, it was the, be- the best feeling ever, mm-hmm. you know, to, to combine that. And then I earned some guys' respect. You yeah. know, guys see. Because you went about it the right way. Right. And guys see, like, I'm not just about myself. I've never been that way. You know, I was younger. Yeah, I was about myself because you, you think about yourself. But when you start do- experiencing things and you start going through things, especially within a team, you see, it's not about me, man. Mm-hmm. As much as I think it's about me, it's not. Because they're going to be successful with or without me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to make the team championship team because of me. It's yeah. not going to be because of me. It's going to be because of all of everybody involved combined. That's how it's going to work. And so uh, that's when I first started thinking more like that. Mm-hmm. And so again, I, if if I would have never broken my leg for the second time, I would have never developed that thought process and start sharpening that part of my mind up. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah, got through that year, played my 12 games, and then. Came back next year and things were crazy. Crazy <laughs> um, fir- good or crazy? No, bad? crazy bad. My second year yeah. wasn't as good. Um, you know, I-, I guess decisions were made mm-hmm. um, about the future of the club and how they're going to move forward. And 
Um, I don't think I was necessarily a part of that, even though I had a two-year deal. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, I don't think it was something that I knew. Because if I knew, then I could have negotiated. You know, talked to my, you know, and try to put myself in a better situation so my family is in a better situation. Yeah. So I was in a situation now that that I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm training, I'm doing everything, and uh, the coach is bringing in players and stuff like that, which is normal. Um, but then, like, all the players are coming in and just playing over me, and I'm mm -hmm. thinking, okay, what's going on? Like, yeah. I'm the only returning center back well there's two of us and then you brought in like three or four others so you know i'm not trying to like dig too deep and look yeah. too far ahead but i'm thinking uh, these numbers don't add up because two people play so mm -hmm. what's going to happen to the rest of us kind of thing and so uh you know I just, I just carried on my business competition is good i'm okay with competition it's healthy and uh yeah first like two months i'm not playing like i'm not traveling and it's not because i'm like terrible yeah, I'm not terrible. It's just, you know, coach is playing these guys yeah. and those guys he wants to play, and because yeah. you're the same player, yeah, like you're doing the same things, and that's what I talk about with a lot of these guys that've been on the podcast. Is like sometimes it doesn't come down to, I mean, especially at the pro level, it's not always like it's no, it's not black and white of who's better, who's worse. Yeah. A lot of times it's like, well, you know, sips better in the air. But this guy, I like how he does this, yeah. or this guy, you know, you know, he's faster, slower. And so many things are. It's just like not black and white you no, know and it's yeah. just kind of opinion based there's a lot of stuff and that sometimes if you're it. on the wrong side of the opinion it's hard you can't, there's not much you can there's do there's not much you can do yeah. so for me that was I think that was mentally one of the times where I was pushed and tested a lot yeah because I mean the sense of like you go to training and you work your butt off man and you you, you do the right things and there's just nothing comes from it man yeah you know you feel like you're doing everything you're supposed to do you're, you're being yourself you're being a good teammate mm -hmm. And, you know, even your teammates are saying, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Like, why aren't you playing? You know, kind of thing. That makes you feel better and worse yeah, at the same at the time. same time. And so you're thinking, man, like, you know, I, I remember thinking, there's literally nothing, I, like, there's nothing I can do. I can do the right thing. I can do the wrong thing. I'm not traveling. Yeah. And I'm not going to play. And there's nothing I can do. There's this, it's not, it's out of my control. And so I had, in my mind, I'm like, I can be one of two players. I can go in a shell mm -hmm. and just go I'm gonna get paid yeah <laughs> so I can just go to practice ah uh, my hamstring hurts yeah. you know what and coach won't care because he's, you know you know it's I mean they can just get a college guys to come in and train yeah he could be you know if you're doing passing you know crossing and finishing against four against two okay you can get two young guys to do that yeah. you don't you know you don't really need me to do that per se uh, but you know that wasn't the case I mean I just didn't play I wouldn't play and so uh, you know I remember thinking man what am I gonna do? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> I just came off a season, you know, where I got an injury, and then I came back and I still played, and I showed that I could still do it with quality. And now the second year, I'm not even like a blip on the radar. Like yeah. I'm not, you know, and and I'm doing, I'm working, I'm doing everything, I'm I'm working hard every day, and no matter what I do, it's just not changing the outcome. And yeah. so uh, I just decided, you know what, do it for yourself, do it for your family, and then do it for the people in this locker room. Yeah. Because these guys don't have anything to do with that. Yeah. So don't have what you do impact them in a negative way. Don't become that guy in the locker room who isn't getting his way. He's throwing fists and he's doing this. I'm not. It brings I'm, down. It brings yeah. down the morale. I've never been that guy. I wasn't raised to be that kind of guy and I'll never be that kind of guy. And so I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to practice and I'm going to keep working my butt off because mm -hmm. you know what, God's going to open the right door. And whether it's going to be here or somewhere else between now and whenever that happens, I need to be ready. Mm -hmm. So I'll go to practice and I'll. Honestly, I was being, I was free. 
because I'm not scared to make a mistake. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> don't don't travel. Don't travel me. That's fine. I'm already not doing that. So what, you know, I'm I'm a rock bottom yeah. within a team. I'm 23 of 23. Where am I going to go from there? I can't go work. I can't go further down. So I just took the time that you know when we're doing certain things. Man, I was I was sharp. You know, I'm hitting bangers. <laughs> I'm hitting volleys. I'm hitting. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. I even had to play right back. Because again, there, there were a lot of people in my position, and those guys were getting reps because they were the ones playing. Push me right back. I was playing right back. Yeah. I was killing it. <laughs> I was killing it, yeah. and it's like it's the sense like, put me wherever you want. I don't care. Like if you don't want, you know, you you want to do this, do that. put me a left wing. Yeah, I might not be the best, but I'll get better. The more you do it, the more you figure things out, the better you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. So the same thing with right back. I played right back before, so like. I just didn't like running. <laughs> you, know, you love running. Yeah. I don't like running. And so, like, I might overlap, like, once or twice. Yeah. And if, if I overlap once or twice, you don't give me the ball, I'm not going. I'm just going to give you the ball, and I'll support yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to keep running for you, you know? And so I, it got to the point where I got to sharpen up that tool, yeah. and I actually got to play games right back. When yeah. I open cup game, we had an open cup game. I played right back. I'm, like, overlapping and doing all these things. And I'm thinking, man, I'm a center back. Yeah. But, like, I have the confidence to play right back. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it well sometimes. I'm doing it bad. But, like, I'm still, like, okay, I want to go again. I want to go again. And so it, it turned out. At first it was like, man, I can't believe I'm playing right back. This mm-hmm. is a joke to saying, why not? It, yeah. Why not? I why know not? I, I know I can play center back. So why not sharpen up my right back tools? Exactly. It's and so only going to benefit your game. It's only going to make me better. Yeah. You know, and whether or not I keep playing right back or I play center back, now I can see and understand how right back, Feels when yeah. he gets the ball when he's defending, so I can help when I get back to my position. Exactly, I know how I can help them yeah. a little now better. You can tell me, yo, Matt. Yeah, like, I, you have the experience, like yeah. honestly. Yeah, and and I've played there. Yeah. I've played there myself at this level too. Mm-hmm. So it's like I have an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not perfect by any means, but I know and I understand certain things. And so, uh, yeah, I ended up doing that. And then I remember we were playing. We were experimenting a little bit and played three in the back with wing backs. Mm-hmm. And um, one of our guys, uh, Donnell King. Good friend of mine. Shout out, shout out D. Um, he, I think he got like a yellow card or mm-hmm. a yellow card suspension. And um, we're playing, you know, with, with three, three center backs. Um, and I was kind of playing like right back-ish. Mm-hmm. But obviously I'm a center back. So you can put me out wide and I can kind of get up and down a bit more. Yeah. Um, so I played there and we played Sac Republic. And man, I mean, I, I joked about it with some of my teammates. I'm like, he better never play me. Like, if he plays me, he's never going to be able to take me off the field. Because honestly, in my mind, I'm thinking, I am so hungry. Yeah. Like, you give me a little piece, I'm taking everything. Yeah. And that was my mindset. Like, you give me half a yard, I'm taking the whole field. Mm-hmm. I'll take everything. Mm-hmm. Because my mindset, I've been working. Yeah. In the dark, by myself, boom, 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 keep going. Keep going. Keep going. When that opportunity comes, you need to be ready. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's very important. Just because the opportunity isn't there in front of you doesn't mean you don't work. Yeah. You work so when the opportunity comes, because it could come at any time, you're ready. And there's no excuses. Mm-hmm. You're on the field. There's no excuses. Did you do it or did you not? Yeah. And so for me in that moment, I'm like, I'm ready. Play me that. I, had, I mean, I think the most complete game a defender can have. Like, mm-hmm. I'm helping sliding, getting balls cleared from a line. I'm tackling. I'm communicating well. I'm distributing well. Dude, I'm having a pretty complete game. Yeah. I, I probably, only thing that probably would have been, like, cherry on top is, like, if I scored. Yeah. Off a set piece, which I didn't. But, like, I, I felt like, man. Like, and, a- and even the guys around me, like, yeah, let's go. Like, we're getting stuck in. And we're playing mm-hmm. a team that's, like. Sac Republic's good. They were good. Yeah. They were keeping the ball. And, like, they had 
lion's share of the ball and they were attacking us and we were just taking waves of attack. Mm-hmm. And like 60th minute, dude, I'm cramping and like <laughs> I'm fighting cramps because I haven't been playing for yeah. two months. I'm, you yeah. know, I'm, not just, fit. I'm just training. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Playing an open cup game. That's nothing, yeah. you know, for, for a full game. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, we win 1-0. We got one up, like one clear opportunity we scored <laughs> and then we were solid. We defended well and um, man, I had a very crazy game. Very crazy game, and um, I played the next 22 games in the end of the season. Wow. And so I look back at that, and I'm like, I wasn't meant to play, like, at all. That was it. Like, from what I could see, they brought other people in because they wanted them to play, and I would just, I, I was there, and if they needed to, for sure they could, but I wasn't that yeah. option, you know. But to work every day, and then for people to see that, I think it, it kind of helped motivate some people who were kind of, like, in and out, or, like, on yeah. the bubble, or, like... Yeah. You know, I'm like, look at me. I'm coming in here every day. I'm happy. I'm smiling. I'm interacting with everybody, and I'm working my butt off. What's your excuse? Yeah. You're getting 15, 20 minutes. You're a striker. You get 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. You're traveling to Vegas. I'm over here on the couch with my wife and kids watching you guys, supporting my teammates. Yeah. Don't give me excuses. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're involved. I'm not involved at all. And that's the best motivation. When yeah. You literally have nothing to say against that because it's like, it's true. Like, what are you going to say? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's, sure. there's nothing you can say. And so I think some of the guys, you know, who were kind of like on the bubble, maybe were younger. Mm. I'm like, come with me. You see what I'm doing? Come with me. Don't make excuses and start getting fresh. No. See what I'm doing? Let's do it together. Mm. We, like, we, play, like, we play like scrimmage games, like maybe the starters against guys who are just not, not going to play yeah. right now or like anytime soon. We're getting after them. We're like communicating. We're all vocal and we're like, because we're, as a team, as that group, we're united. Yeah. And we all have something common and goal. We want to be on the other side of that. Yeah. And right now, for one reason or another, we're not. Mm-hmm. So how can you show the coach, hey, you're making the wrong, you're making a mistake. The only way you can do that is by performing. Mm-hmm. And when you play his starters and you beat them over and over and over and over, and then certain people are like sticking out. You're like, man, look at this guy. He's beating people with, you know, whipping and balls, he's doing all these crazy things. You mm-hmm. see that, and you're like, wow. It starts changing his, how he sees you. And so um, I think I was a little bit a source of, of motivation a couple of players, especially some of the younger players. I would yeah. stay after your striker, let's hit 40, 50 shots. I'll whip and ball see you, you hit them. Yeah. You know, there's no excuse. Let's get, let's get to work. Don't worry about being the guy on this. No, between <clears throat> now and between when it's over, we need to work. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I think I, there were a couple of guys. I think hopefully I helped, and I and they could see by how I was working. Despite it seemed like for me, it felt like everything was against me. Yeah, didn't stop me. Yeah, kept working. I stuck to it. Okay, in my mind, I had a goal. I want to play. Between now and then, I have to do all the right things: my preparation, mm-hmm. hydration, my eating, my lifting, whatever, yoga, whatever. I got to stay with it. Yeah, and so. 22 games. That's crazy. Started not playing. Ended up playing every game. Because you, you gave the coach. That literally told him right there on the field that, like, there's no way you can't play me. Because I'm just performing. And he's as much as he didn't want to accept it, once he saw that, he was you like, saw I have to accept it. You give him no choice. You have no just choice. Cool. You know, playing, I mean, you can say, you can verbally say stuff, mm-hmm. but your actions will say any, it will say more than you could ever say with your mouth. hundred percent. You know. So. And then um, after that season, did you feel, even though that you were playing a lot of games, that it was the right time to move on? Or how did that go after that no. season? No. So for me, um, after all that, uh, you know, I kind of 
I didn't have a good taste in my mouth because mm -hmm. I didn't like being treated how I was treated. I know things end up being <coughs> favorable, and but I don't forget, mm -hmm. you know, like for me, being treated how I treated, it, it didn't make any sense to me because I, I'm not a troublemaker. I'm yeah. not a cancer in the locker room. I'm a very humble guy. I come out work every day. I'm a hardworking guy. I'm a good teammate. Yeah. You know, I, I would like to think that I'm everything, uh, someone you would want within your club, within a team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A person you'd want within your club. Mm -hmm. And so for to be treated like that without having anybody explain to me why it was happening mm -hmm. didn't make any sense to me. And then, you know, obviously we had, I finally had to get to a point where I need to speak to the coach um, a little bit more honestly and to try to get to the bottom of things. And um, I got to understand what was going on. And, you know, I just wish I had known all that earlier. Mm -hmm then it would have helped me, but I didn't know anything. And so I'm blind yeah. and I'm going through things and it's just, I'm not playing. <laughs> no explanation. You're just not going to play. And so, um, that's the worst. It was the worst, yeah. you know, at least tell me like, dude, this guy is better than you. Mm -hmm. Or I brought this guy here to play. Yeah. At least I can make my peace with it and I can still come to work and I understand, okay, he's here to play, but if he doesn't do well, I'm going to get an opportunity. Yeah. There was nothing like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the thing that I think helps the most is having that communication. Like yeah. If you just, because that's so many times is the frustration that comes from me is because of the lack of communication from the coaching staff yeah. to me. The honesty. Yeah, the honesty. They can tell you what they want you to hear. That's so the honesty. We don't want to hear, yeah. we don't want you to water it down and tell us what you think we want to yeah. hear. Oh, you're you, doing well, no. but no, literally, tell me if I'm doing bad in one area, tell yeah. me why I'm doing bad, where I'm doing I'm bad. I'll work on it exactly. so I can improve on it, so exactly. I can show you I'm getting better at it. If that's what you're critical about, mm -hmm. I will improve that section, and when I do, is that going to be enough to give me a chance? Yeah. I'm not saying you have to start me, but if someone's not playing well and out of form, is that going to give me the nod to go ahead, go do your thing? It should be. But if it's not, then okay, then it's something different. Yeah. Right? Then it's not just that one thing you're not good at. So, exactly. um, yeah, that was what happened. I mean, after that, I was, I don't know. I, obviously, I don't want to move my family. Mm -hmm. I have two kids, a wife. A very big dog. <laughs> so if we don't have to move around, I preferably don't want to do that. Um, but, you know, for me, I had started coaching. Um, I've always coached club, you know, and youth. Um, and I was actually uh, in a position where I was d director of youth development. And I was I was part of, you know, higher up in the staff. Mm -hmm. And I helped the DOC a lot. I think technically I, am, I was a DOC. Um, and so I love that role, man. Um, I was able to be a part of a new culture with um, a club called Arsenal um, in San Antonio. Amazing people. I mean, I was a part of that family. Um, they took me in. Um, Coach Juan, who was the DOC, and his staff and everybody, man, they took care of me. Um, and they brought me in and said, hey, man, we want you to be a part of this. Um, help create, you know, the culture because they were, like, rebuilding, or, you know, the club team and, and getting and making it bigger and bigger. And they wanted to do things properly mm -hmm. from the youth and how we're developing our kids and how we're coaching them. And um, I was able to be a part of that, and that was that was awesome, man. And so, uh, you know, it was hard for me to step away from that. Uh, having when we decided we were going to be leaving, uh -huh. um, I was hoping something could work out in San Antonio. We could stay, you know, and then I could still play and I could still continue growing with that. Um, but you know, they <laughs> want me back. So <laughs> you, you know, if someone doesn't want you. What are you going to do? Sit there and, and throw a pity party or yeah. move on? You know, yeah. and so, you know, for us, it was, okay, it's not going to work out here. No problem. Um, let's, let's figure out what comes next. You know, let's find, let's find where we're going to be playing and where we're going to have to move. And mm -hmm. it's not easy moving a family. Yeah. It's very expensive and it's very hard for everybody. Um, but yeah, that's what you have to do. The game demands that sometimes. So yeah. that's what we have to do. And then, um, but you ended up coming to Tulsa. Yeah. 
And now we had already had our first game. Got yeah. a tie. How have things been? How's the transition been in Tulsa and everything? Man, it's been it's been really good. Uh-huh. Uh, from the coach to the owner Barry, you know, to all of our players, it's been it's been enjoyable for me so far. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed everything, even like sessions. Like I'm yeah. getting I'm getting a lot of touches of like. It was just different for me in San Antonio. You know, like here, he does things a little differently than the other coach. But, Mm -hmm. like, man, I feel confident with the ball. I feel, you know, defending, you know, defending is defending. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it, and you got to do it well. But there is no, like, crazy blueprint. Like, defending is defending. Keep them from scoring. Communicate with people around you. Get on the same page. Win the ball. Play. And then go score. Mm -hmm. Win. You know, like you know what I'm saying. Like when it's 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 like it's there's a lot of other things that happen, but for the most part, like when you're a defender, that's you're not you're not doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Your stuff is very like cut and dry. Cut and dry. Yeah. You win the ball. You work hard. You know. You don't take unnecessary chances, and then you give the ball to guys in front of you that are more creative, and you let them do their job. Mm -hmm. You do your job. They do their job. We score. We win. We all win. Everybody wins. You know what I'm saying. So we all have roles we play, and we do that well. We should be successful. Yeah. So uh, to be to be here now, man, it's been it's been really good. Um, my family settled, which is like right away. I want to make sure my family's gonna be taken care of, and these guys have been, man, top notch with everything. Um, whether it's trying to help my you know my wife find a job, help me look for you know what schools are around for my kids. So mm-hmm. I, I, when she starts kindergarten, she can go to like a good school. Like man, they've been very helpful on top of that and I'm so grateful for that because as players you don't want those things to distract you from what you should be yeah. focused on because if everything's going wrong off the field it's hard to have yeah. everything go right on exactly. the field yeah. exactly so it's been a huge relief mm-hmm. um, and then with my wife finally coming with the kids and stuff and then getting settled in and uh, man so far it's been it's been really good I, I like our players mm-hmm. I think we have I think we have a very talented team yeah. man. seems like good <laughs> and I like that we're under the radar yeah I yeah. love that because mm-hmm. Man, we're gonna surprise teams. They're gonna play us, and they think, "Oh, Tulsa, just come play us." You're gonna see. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's not a whole lot of talk that we need to do about that. But man, we have some really good players. We yeah. have a really good team. Yeah. Um, so now I'm just gonna ask some questions about uh, just things I always ask at the end, just so I can get a little into your career and hear more about it. Mm-hmm. But what was the? We've definitely heard some low periods, but what do you think was the low, the absolute bottom of your of your career where you're like? I think I'm gonna quit. I'm done. What or when? Um, professionally, um, I mean, I, man, it's got to be the first time I broke my leg because <clears throat> to that point, I never, I've never had an injury. Yeah, <laughs> I never, you know, it, I, I've always played, and you know, you have like a little hamstring, yeah, little pull or something in high school, like a quad strain. Like I've had, you know, but like to break a bone, like mm-hmm. that's never happened to me before. I like. I broke my I broke my arm when I was when I was in Africa when I was a little kid. Yeah. I was walking up the stairs and I fell down the stairs and I broke my arm. Um, as you can see, one's one long. Oh, yeah. Significantly. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, but besides, I was a little kid though. Yeah. But like I didn't remember that pain. But this pain, mm-hmm. man, that 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 was that was the lowest for me. Mm-hmm. That was the lowest it went. Couldn't. I, I, in my mind, I never quitting was never an option. Yeah. But the thought of man, this is it. I'm like I might be like this. this will be the not quitting but this will be could be the end this could be yeah. the end like you know I've worked so hard and this happens this it could completely you know mm-hmm. break and for for a little bit mentally my whole house was gone yeah. everything and then 
started growing my beard and I started, you know, stacking a brick at a time every day. <laughs> Mentally, just a little brick. And slowly rebuilding my house back up. Slowly, slowly, slowly. And then when I shave my shave my my face, I have my mansion. Boom, I'm ready. I'm ready for my mansion now. So uh yeah, for me that was it. That was definitely it. That that first that first major injury. And then what what was the absolute best part of your career? Like everything where you're like, this is this has made it all worth it, all the lows. Oh man, I there's a couple, man. Um, there's one, one with my, my, my girls. Fourth um, of July last mm. year, I had a moment where, uh, man, I, I walked out with my daughters, and um, I almost, I, I almost teared up because for me, I'm thinking back on like everything I've been through, mm-hmm. just being in America, the opportunity that I have, just, just being so grateful. I'm holding two beautiful daughters, you know, who are you know, very mixed. Uh, my wife is of German descent. Her last name was Mueller. Mueller. Yeah. So, and, and then, you know, we have some West African German babies. So like, you know, to be in a position where I'm holding my kids, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm saluting the flag, I, man, the country who's given, it's given me everything, um, the opportunity to do everything that I for sure wouldn't have been able to do in Cameroon. Um, for me, that was a high moment. Um, just sitting there and just listening to national anthem, and then having my kids beside me and holding my my youngest one. Mm-hmm. That moment for me was was surreal, man. It was big for me. Everything um, came together. Everything like, just kind of came together, you know. And I'm cool. and I'm thinking, man, look at me. Yeah, dad, I got two beautiful girls. You know, uh, my wife is right there. I mean, I I'm, I'm doing the thing I love to do most in the world, mm-hmm. besides you know being a parent, a husband, all those things. Um, and then also, I would say. For me, I had a couple of highs when it came to playing. Um, I think one of the highs was obviously winning the Open Cup because yeah. at the end of the day, you can go your whole career and never win anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go through your whole life and really not, I mean, uh, apart from like club, but I'm talking yeah. like college. Yeah, Like, you can go through college and maybe even high school. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we won, no, we didn't win state. We didn't win anything in high school. You can go through from when, when you're 14, 15, all the way till if you're playing a sport and never win anything. Yeah. And so for me to have been my first year as a pro, to be a part of a championship team, win the Open Cup in 2012, mm-hmm. it's like, I gotta feel this again. Yeah. This is like, this is bliss, man. It's addicting. Oh man, and yeah. you know, and to, to see how those guys, how we worked mm-hmm. and what we did to get that. I've seen, I've been a part of success. And so for any team that I play for, I want to do my piece to duplicate, help duplicate that in any way, whether it's me physically being on the field and doing something, or maybe it's me just being a good teammate, whatever it is, I want to be able to help in some way to achieve that. Because once you've won a championship, you're addicted. Yeah. Like you're addicted to winning, you know, and are you going to always win? No, absolutely not. You're going to lose. You're going to lose some, you're going to win some, but to get to a point where you're back at it again, let me see if I can win the next championship. That that was amazing, mm-hmm. and then there was one the one other moment that kind of sticks out was uh, when I was in Oklahoma City. We played Colorado Switchbacks, I believe. Crazy game, um, you know. We 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 tied. I think it was two to two. We tied. Regulation went through overtime. It was really back and forth. We went to penalty kicks, and we won in penalty kicks, mm-hmm. and uh, we beat them. And we played LA Galaxy to, to advance to the conference final. Um, against LA Galaxy 2, mm-hmm. who eventually beat us, and then they went to play Rochester, and Rochester beat them, Rochester won. Mm-hmm. To be that close, yeah. 
stung, but for me, the high of being a part of, I mean, you think about like a game. Yeah. Emotions, like it doesn't get crazier than, yeah. man, you're battling, whether it's a, like a high score game or like 0-0 zero, zero, and then you go to overtime, you still, you can't get, you can't get the edge on the other team and then you have to go to penalties and it comes down to penalties, man, I mean, yeah, th that's a crazy high. For me, and so to have been a part of that, I think that was the first time in my professional career I'd been a part of that kind of game where I was physically on the field. Because um, in 2012, we won a penalty kicks actually. Oh, yeah. uh, I think Eddie Johnson missed a penalty kick, uh, yeah. um, and we won. Uh, but to to be a part of that and physically have been on the field to be able to help, uh -huh. man, that was that's one of those moments you can never forget. Yeah. But for me, that it would be those three probably. That's cool. That's a really good answer. I like it. it's a very good yeah mix of from from a family standpoint, you know, and everything, and then from a soccer standpoint, because I couldn't just do one. Yeah, because yeah. there's a couple that are just I, I have to mention. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna the cards full. I'm gonna delete one thing, and I got one more question. And then okay, we'll, we'll wrap it up. No problem. I told you it's gonna be a long one, man. No, I like it. Dude, people, the, people always comment too, though. Some people will be like, oh, these are too long. But most people are like, the longer, the better. The yeah. longer they want it because it's like, if you skim over the surface, it's just, you know, we could do this in an hour and skim over the surface. Yeah. It would be good. Or do two and a half hours and really dig deep and yeah. go into like little moments. And that's the best part is like the little moments, you know? And the thing too is like, it'll read, like certain people will see us and they're like, dude, kind of gone through it like exactly. i can relate to this you know Dude, there's crazy even how many parts of your career i'm like i relate to it yeah like, a lot but now you get to you, so now we're having like an interview and stuff but then you're going to understand and learn a little bit about me and now you can kind of understand and see how i what makes me tick exactly what motivates me or why i am the way i am you know and yeah. it's it's uh it's crazy because i just I, i'm like a pretty to myself person like i'm not gonna just go tell everybody like, hey, my mom passed away from cancer. I, I, I like to keep stuff to myself. Yeah. And obviously like if it's something that comes up within conversation or whatever, like for sure I'll talk about it. But it's just for me it's a it's it's pretty it's it's a pretty uh, soft spot for me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you know it's it's stuff that I I normally like to keep to myself unless yeah. it needs to be spoken about. But um, no it's it's crazy. That's that's a big 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 part of my life and a big part of kind of what pushes me and what drives me because I mean I, I didn't even tell you about like coming here from Cameroon like my I didn't I never knew my real dad my real birth dad didn't know who he was never met him don't know anything about him um, my mom raised me and my my brother we had different dads um, by herself uh -huh. you know she would have to go like make like a pot of chicken go on the street and she would sell it and that's how like she would make some income to like when I tell you there's nothing, there's nothing. Yeah. Like that's that's a hustler mentality. Like I'm gonna cook some chicken and I'm gonna go early in the morning and go sell it on the street and make a little money to take care of my two boys. Like that's why I am the way I am. Mm -hmm. When people are like, oh, it's too hard. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. I've like I've not eaten. I've eaten just rice for dinner. Trust me. It's you think it's hard, but honestly, in this country, there's some of us that obviously have it hard, but for the most part. Yeah, it's okay. It's not as bad as some people think. You know, I was listening to somebody that was like, uh, "If you've ever had like five dollar cup of coffee, you're, nothing, <laughs> nothing's been hard. Life is okay. Yeah. If you've had Life a five dollar cappuccino from yeah. Starbucks, you can't complain about anything. Yeah, and it, like that hit me. I'm like, fuck. Like I've, I'm obviously like, <laughs> I'm coming from a, such a privileged life. Yeah, like it's and, it's and not to say so. like people coming from dirt and crap. 
like is like more amazing like those people who come from privilege and who still have like a hard yeah. upbringing and, and have their challenges you know but for me like <laughs> I, I know where I started in life and it could never be that worse for me mm-hmm. absolutely there's no way They're like it's humanly not possible yeah you know what I'm saying so I always keep that in the back of my mind and when I'm like when I get an opportunity and I give thanks always because <laughs> I shouldn't be here yeah I shouldn't be in this country I shouldn't be married to my amazing wife. I shouldn't have the kids. I, like it, sh- it shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. But by chance, some American white American guy in a predominantly like black. I mean, Cameroon. There's not like white people around. Yeah. You see, a white person like it doesn't happen often. Uh-huh. Happen to be the one like around and happens to fall in love with my mom and happens to marry my mom. Come on, yeah. you can't tell me like that's that's you know a chance. I, I you believe in what you believe in, which is fine. But for me. That's gotta be. It's gotta be something above, beyond what you can you can fathom. Yeah. There's something else happening that shouldn't happen. So that one little moment led to me coming here, and then I even came here without my brother. Yeah. My older brother. I haven't talked to my older brother since I was nine years old. Really. I've had to deal with that. You know. Yeah. So like I'm. Why, not, why did your brother come? So he was. Um, so when my mom met my stepdad, he told she told him about me. I was a little kid. Like he's known me since I was like five or six. Like I was little, but my because like I told you, we all live in the same house. It's easy. Like we're all kin mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. But there's a lot of us. Yeah. And so she was scared to tell my stepdad like, "Hey, I have two kids. I mean, if you're a single guy, you're gonna take on a girl with two kids. Yeah. Mm, one kid. Mm, you know. But she had plans to like tell him eventually. But she was just scared. She didn't want to scare him away." You know, that's too much to slam someone in the face with that. So mm-hmm. he knew about me, obviously. But when we moved here, she had told him about my brother. And, you know, you send home money home to get paperwork done and stuff. And they use it on something else because it's something, yeah. you know, they, they, they need to survive. And, the, you know, the people are just hustling, trying to make a buy. And so they would take that and use it. And it just never got done. And I it got to the point where he's so old that, you know, and then my grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mom passed away. And my contact, my connection between my family back home and here, gone. All the contacts, numbers, gone. Damn. So I've grown up without my family. My blood. My blood. My my name is not Hedrick. Mm-hmm. My yeah. real name is Cyprian and Twinjuk Tamanyi. That's my birth name. That's my family's name. Tamanyi is my family's name. Mm-hmm. Hedrick is my stepdad's name. My American stepdad. So, man, I mean, telling you. It could have been a lot deeper. There's definitely a lot more stuff, yeah. but you know, we'd be here for six hours. <laughs> we might have to forever. do that later. We'll have yeah. to go have a six-hour yeah. podcast. Yeah, man. I don't That's know good. if I've I don't know if I've answered y'all your questions, but <laughs> no, I'll do I'll do one more question. Okay, this is like the big question. Okay. Um, but um, so if you have one piece of advice, because everybody's listening to this is either really interested in just professional soccer in general or mm-hmm. wants to be a pro, um, what would be your piece of advice for kids or any aspiring person in any profession to go after? their goal of becoming a pro or their goal of whatever. Yeah. What would be your advice to help them on that journey? It's uh, a big question. It's and a big question. Broad. Um, man, what I would say is to be obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds like a very broad statement, but you can be very deep with that. Like if you live it, you breathe it mentally. If mentally you're strong, you know, this is what I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. No one can stop you for that besides yourself. If you want it that bad, you chase that, who knows? Maybe you don't ever get there, but on the way, you find something else that you're even more passionate about. Yeah. 
And if you weren't chasing that, maybe you never get that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, if football is it, teaching is it, obsess yourself with it. If you're not playing it, read it, watch it, learn. Always put yourself in a position where you can learn. I'm 29 years old and I'm learning things from rookies. It doesn't matter what stage of life or what point of your career you're at. You can always learn. But if you're obsessed with what you do and you love it that and you're that passionate about it, it can only lead to success, mm -hmm. you know? And if your mind is strong, when the hard times come along, the, the, you know, the, you have your breakdowns, the hurdles, you're gonna work and you'll overcome it, and, but you'll keep going up mm -hmm. slowly, slowly, you'll keep rising. And then, man, if you're either gonna get to where you wanna get to, or you're gonna, along the way, get to something just as good for you, and maybe something better, mm -hmm. that you're like, you know what? I'm not gonna be a player for Barcelona. I'm not gonna be a player for Manchester United, but you know what? I played professionally for 10 years for, amazing clubs. I've grown uh, countless relationships. I've, I've impacted countless youth kids. Life is good, man. Yeah. Life is good. I'm very happy, but it starts here, right? You have a goal? Work. Work at it. Mm -hmm. You mess up? Get up, do it again. Mess up? Get up and do it again. It's not going to happen overnight. Success doesn't just happen like that. There's a lot of wrongs and rights, and you got to just stay after it, mm -hmm. no matter what. If it's, what you, if it's really what you want to do, you got to put your mind to it, your heart to it, your soul to it, and you got to be obsessed with it. Perfect. I like it. I like it a lot. That's that's and that's obvious. I mean, you have to it, you have to be obsessed yeah. about everything. It, it really the details, is. Details, everything. Yeah, you have to be so obsessed that you go out and play pass with yourself at the sidewalk. Sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> that's how obsessed <laughs> yeah. it would be. Yeah. You got to do Hitting it. a wall for 20 minutes while everybody else is behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank you for joining me on the podcast. Man, thank you, Cyprian Hedrick. What's your do the Cyprian the full name? Yeah. So full name. so my my full name is Cyprian Ntwinjuk Etamani Hedrick, um, but most people just call me Sip because <laughs> it's a little bit easier. To <laughs> it's say. a little bit easier to say because uh, even Cyprian is sometimes is a little harder to say. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, thank you for having me, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. I, I've I've never been in a position where I've kind of talked about my my soccer story and this is actually the first time really? ever uh that that i've gotten in this much detail and especially on camera and stuff like yeah. that um and so i mean i hope it can be a source of motivation for people because you know we're, yeah. people are going through certain things in life and gotta know they're not alone man mm -hmm. you know there's people who have been through crazy things and have overcome it and have become successful in whatever they want to do so to be uh to be able to be on your podcast and you know and man maybe this could reach one person Awesome. Maybe exactly. that one person could, man, it can elevate them and help them with tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who cares about next year? Maybe it'll help them for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, and if that's the case, man, that that'd be so awesome. Yeah. Um, but definitely you, will. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate <laughs> no it. No problem. So, guys, obviously, as always, all his stuff is gonna be in this Instagram or in the description, Instagram, all that stuff. So be sure to go check out Cyprian, follow along with his season at Tulsa, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, this is the Against All Odds podcast. I'll see you guys in the next one.